Steel Toes and Scoreboards Podcast. Word association, Dirty Curdy, first thing that comes to mind. He changed the league, am I wrong? God, I hate Tom Brady. He's talented, but yeah. You just won't call him the goat, will you? We should have called ourselves the Hashtag Tits Podcast. A thousand downloads a day, guaranteed. Dude, it is talking sports. I love it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is he the best running back you've ever seen? If he's not, then who is? Who do you put at number one, bro? There will be a Detroit Pistons Bad Boys episode one day. And you love that two-year run, don't you? No, I do. You can get a hot bat anywhere. You build around your pitching, or at least I do if I'm in charge. Pitching and defense wins your World Series, hands down. I came out of the closet <laughs> as a Lakers fan. Whoa, bro. Scared me there for a second. Oh, uh, sure bet. Sure bet. <laughs> there will be an increase of boxing talk on this show. I love boxing. I'm down for that anytime. Our few non-sports episodes have been pretty well received. We do a good thing by running a two-fold podcast. Please put Pete Rose in the damn Hall of Fame. Charlie Hustle, the all-time hits leader. It's political bullshit. And if he ever sees the Hall of Fame, he'll be after he's no longer with us. I miss the NBA I grew up on in the 90s and the early 2000s. The game isn't the same, but these kids can play. We're starting to talk more hockey, and that's, you know, that's that's never a bad thing. Puck the world, puck it all. Puck the world, Kurt (laughs) says. I promise you, I can work a pro wrestling reference into every episode. Want to see me do it? Weird flex, but okay. I can't believe, uh, seriously, in all seriousness, I can't believe we've been doing this show a year now. I can't believe people still listen after a year, you know. You have the perfect face for radio. Oh, cut me deep, son. Cut me deep. He exploded a bird with a fastball. I seen it happen. Randy Johnson, the big unit. The, the big unit. So, uh, you know, I, I got a little soccer news no, for you. No, let me stop you right there. That's a no for me. We don't talk soccer on this show. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Let me ask you, though. Does Kobe win three in a row without Shaq on the Lakers? What do you think? Boy, that's, that's uh, it's pretty tough. All right, well, look at it this way. He's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Without question. And he's still so young. Lots of knowledge left in that kid. I just want to hear you say it. That's why. The 1941 New York Yankees. Murderer's Row. Coolest fucking nickname ever. All right, guys. Enjoy the next episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards coming to you now. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Jared Atkins alongside Kurt Kelly. How you doing, Jared? What's up, bro? Oh, we were just uh, racking off sports movies a minute ago, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, I didn't think there was that many of them. Dahl said you could name 10 sports movies, and we... Yeah, I actually made it to 10. That's not bad. Yeah, he did good. Yeah, I'm not a big movie buff. But, so? But... Looking over things here. It's pretty good. I like his little setup right here. So we got a special episode planned. 
We are back on, you know, and, and good news. This is technically a kid weekend, but, you know, I had them the last couple in a row, so we're changing things up. So we're recording tonight, and we'll probably record next weekend if you want to. Yeah, we do that. So that way we're on our same schedule. Um, yeah, there you go. So, uh, 1981, how, yeah. old you, how old have you been? I've been 11 years old. Well, and we got a special treat. We're back to doing our World Series episodes. Yep. And uh, 1981 World Series. I want to start by saying, uh, is it ironic that two of the Dodgers championships are shortened seasons? I find that kind of weird. The last, well, well it shouldn't be this, the last this, two. Well, this was a shortened season, yeah. too. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. And then COVID in uh, 2020. Yeah. So, anyways, we're, tonight we're getting into uh, the 1981 World Series, Dodgers-Yankees. Um, so, to the best of our knowledge, all information used tonight is factual. Anything that is opinion-based will be prefaced as such. All opinions belong to me and Kurt. Kurt's a fucking homer, so it's all <laughs> going to be pro-Dodger talk the whole night. Uh, I love the Dodgers, too. I mean, they're not my team, but I don't know anybody that doesn't like the Dodgers. Yankees didn't after this. No. But uh, all right. After four months of a side project that we probably never, ever should have done, and I've used <laughs> your face. So, you know, we had, that, we had the episode recorded, and then uh, I deleted it, and then it just cheered a form. God just didn't. That's a good idea. I need a cigarette, too. God just did not want us to... Uh, <laughs> God did not want us to record that episode, so. But uh, we're back. We're going to do a baseball episode. I have no idea what we're going to do next week. Oh, we'll find something. Uh, you looking through that stats there? Yeah. You know, you always ask me for regular season stats on these World Series episodes, and I don't ever put them in there. So tonight now. Yeah, I got them. I like it. You have. I didn't. <laughs> high five. I didn't print you off any notes because you remember this verbatim pretty much. Yes. But uh, I, I did give you um, – bunch of notes and things here. I, I like gave it. you pre – I gave you regular season and Man, World Series stats for both teams and the final series itself of the world. So, the final stats. So, um, two biggest cities in the country, L.A., New York. What a rivalry. West no. Coast, East Coast. No. And, and it wasn't the first time they've matched up. No, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. It, yeah. And uh, of course, my favorite thing about these World Series episodes is uh I reference every time we do one that in 2020 after the uh Dodgers won the COVID shortened season World Series, right, right. ESPN did a ranking of all 116 will be 118 World Series now this year. And uh it's interesting where this one where came into play at. We're at don't want to spoil it for okay. you, bud. Right on. But uh, after uh, four months of bullshit with this point guard episode, uh, let's uh, before we get into it, let's. Uh, it's baseball season. It's baseball season. Let's let's pay a bill because we haven't done yeah. this in a long yeah. time. We're actually going to hit every sponsorship tonight. Right. So. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot when I put our new memory card in. We have no sponsorship music. But anyways, check out Main Street Designs LLC in Jasper, Indiana. They're a small business specializing in laser engraving and direct-to-garment printing. 
They do vinyl decals, baby blankets, tumblers, any and all personalized items for you or your business. Message them on Facebook, Jordan and his wife, uh, or it's his sister, I can't remember. They do outstanding work. Uh, they will ship anywhere. Uh, give them a call at 812-661-7765. They uh, do nice stuff. I've showed Kurt pictures. Yeah. They've offered to make a logo for us all last year, and I still never... That's pretty cool stuff. I need I need to get them to do the logo for us. Right. But uh, All right. Yeah. Dude, I'm super excited. It's uh, Sunday night, May 29th. I got one more thing to bring up. What's I got, that? I got to give you a hard time, though. Okay, let's hear it. You know, you don't work with me anymore. Right, I miss so, you. So, well, yeah, same here. Me, me and Adam Sweet was talking the other day, and we got to razz you a little bit. Okay. We got to change the name of our show, dude. To what? House Slippers and Scoreboards. Oh, 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 did he now? <laughs> did he now? Uh, He's on a cruise ship in Alaska yeah, right, right, right now. Right. Now, I'm the one to come up with the House Slippers and, and Scoreboards. I just run it by him once. Uh, he thought it was pretty good. So. House Slippers and Scoreboards. What? I mean, you ain't steel you know toes what? anymore. You know, hey, you know what? I had my steel toes on all day. And of all things, tonight... I come over in jeans and tennis shoes. When have you ever seen me in anything but boots? Yeah, that's right. But uh, we had to give you a little hard time, Eric. We we got changed. You know Sorry, folks. We got to change the name of it, our it, show. I'm telling you, it's busy, man. I tell you what, I'm the only one in the office, and I I come in every morning with nothing to do, and I only get about half of it done. Well, I've been keeping some late nights. Been working, right. you know. I don't have to, but sometimes I figure if I stay up till one or two in the morning doing a bunch of work, right. then I can fuck off all day and do what I want <laughs> the next day. So right. my sleep schedule's been fucked this but last three you weeks. You like it? Everything you like it? Oh yeah. Good, I mean, I'm good. you know I'm I'm got That's a lot of variety. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. you ain't in the sweatshop, man. No, I tell you what, my house, my house, my house looks like a trap house right now. Because it gets so hot in the summertime, my house, the way they position that double wide end, that basement and everything, and they set it wrong, and and it's too small an AC unit for that big house, so I got... Folks, when he left, what a good brother he is, he left me his gold bond. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, for all you big fat guys out there like me and Kirk, you know what I'm talking about. It's Hey, that's not just any gold bond, that's the holy grail. That is the no mess powder yes, spray. Yes, I mean that they, is so easy to conceal, so you're not walking to the bathroom carrying a bottle of powder. Thank you, brother. Ain't nothing like a gift of gold <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will be using it. Yes. Oh shoot! I had to give you a hard time about that too. All right, oh man! Right, Eighty-one okay. World Series. <laughs> I blacked out my house. It looks like a trap house. That's what I told you when I came <laughs> yeah. in. It's yep. too hot in there in the summertime. There's fucking aluminum foil and trash bags and bush light boxes all over I, the windows. I, I don't do hot very well, neither. I don't have to worry about it this summer. Nope. Nope. Luckily, it's not been too warm yet. But, uh, oh, it's coming. It's coming, yeah. August is coming. July yep. is coming. Yep. All right, so we've got a we've got a wireless mouse for the laptop now. How yes. about that shit? Many microphones are sensitive. I can hear that. I'm just moving that mouse pad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the 1981 World Series was the 78th edition of the World Series. Uh, played between the American League champion New York Yankees and National League champion Los Angeles Dodgers. It marked the third series meeting in five years and was the 11th overall series meeting between the two. Yeah, a lot of history. A lot of history. Yeah. 
goes a back, lot of familiarity. Goes back to uh, the Brooklyn Dodger days. Brooklyn Dodger when they played at Ebbets Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This that's uh, of course as you some of you um, for those of you that don't know. Spoiler alert for those that don't know if you haven't. Dodgers would win the series in six games, as the Yankees had done in the teams prior to series right. meetings in '77 and back to back in '78. Yep. Uh, this would be the Dodgers' first title since '65, their first World Series victory over the Yankees since '63, and the third overall series win over the Yankees. Uh, this was the most fun fact. This was the most recent World Series that a team won after losing the first two games on the road. Yeah. Yep. This was the last meeting between teams from New York City and Los Angeles for a major professional sports title until the Los Angeles Kings and the New York Rangers and the 2014 Stanley Cup Finals in the NHL. So, fun fact. Cool. Uh, This remains the most recent meeting between the two franchises in postseason play. Uh, So, yeah. So, before we get into this, so what I did this week or the last two weeks prepping for these notes, is um, every episode, every World Series episode we've done before, and this is our fourth one now, I think. Yeah, I think so. This is our third or fourth World Series episode. Um, I think a fourth. I don't know. Fuck it. It's not important. But this is, you know, I go back and I, I read the notes, and then I listen to the episode. So what I did on the last two World Series episodes that we did, I didn't do it on the first one, on the 85 Royals, is I go back and just talk about the season in general right? and how each team got there, and that's what we're doing here tonight. Um, there's a lot of things that happened across Major League Baseball in 1981 yes. that's worth mentioning. Yes. The biggest, of course, what you talked about a minute ago, uh, there was a player strike, which right. lasted from June 12th to July 30th and basically split the season into two halves. Yep. The teams that won their division in the first half of the season advanced to the playoffs. This was the first split season in American League history and the second for the National League, which had played a split season all the way back in 1892. Really? Didn't know that, huh? Uh, The All-Star Game was originally scheduled for July 14th, but was canceled due to the strike. It was ultimately played on August 9th as a prelude to the second half of the season, which would begin on August 10th. Fun fact, this would end up leading to around 40% of the regular season being wasted or canceled. Aside from that, I have a few dates here that are of particular interest for the 1981 season that I would like to uh, run by you just because I wanted to. Okay. Oh, man, I hit that mic. January January 15th of 1981 in his first year of eligibility, Former St. Louis Cardinals pitcher, a guy that Kurt picks in his pick'ems all the time, Bob Gibson. Gibson is the only person elected to the Hall of Fame unanimously. Players failing short of the votes for an election were guys like Gil Hodges, uh, Don Drysdale, Harmon Killebrew. Future uh, Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yeah. April 9th of that year, uh, rookie Fernando Valenzuela. Valenzuela. Well, is given his first start after L.A. pitcher Jerry Russ. Royce. Royce. Royce pulls a muscle. Yeah. Uh, in his first major league start, Fernando. Valenzuela. <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be a whole Charlie <laughs> thing all over again. Fernando would uh, had a five-hit shutout. Uh, it's, it's the beginning of what everybody across the country, including Kurt, has said uh, time and time again. Fernando Mania. Fernando Mania. 
This one I, I got a special kick out of. April 10th of 1981, Carlton Fisk debuted with the Chicago White Sox in Fenway Park against his former team, the Red Sox. He hit a three-run home run in the eighth to secure a 5-3 win for Chicago. I like me some Carlton Fisk. He's pretty good. We're going to have to do some of them Red Sox yeah. heartbreaks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of my favorite guys... April 18th, Tom Seaver of the Cincinnati Reds recorded his 3,000th career strikeout. Flamethrower. He can throw hard. He's a hard thrower. Yep. Um, April 27th, just 18 days after his first start, Fernando grabbed the attention of the baseball world. In just his fifth start, he pitched his fourth complete game shutout, running his record to 5-0 with a point two. Oh, earned run average. He was also batting over. Yeah, he could swing four hundred. It's my kind of pitcher. I'm old school. Me too. What did we talk about this at work? Yeah, pitchers bat. bat. If you're penciled in the lineup, you must grab a bat and go to the plate. I mean, the DH is there just to hit the long ball. That's what it is. Everyone's, but I'm old school. Pitchers bat. Uh. Two days later, April 29th, Steve Carlton of my Philadelphia Phillies recorded his 3,000th career strikeout. Damn good lefty. April 1981 is the only month in history to have two pitchers reach this milestone. He would be the first left-hander in league history to reach that mark. June 5th, Nolan Ryan issues his 1,700-plus walk in his career. June 10th, Pete Rose hits a, a Nolan Ryan pitch for his... 3,630th save hit of his career. Kurt, just for uh, recollection, how many hits does uh, Pete have? 4,000 something. It's 42 something. 42 something? Yeah. 4,200 something. Yeah. That's a bunch uh, of hits. June 16th, in the midst of the player strike, William Wrigley III announces the sale of the Chicago Cubs to the Tribune Company for $20 million. Huh. That ends the multiple decades long association between the Wrigley family and the Cubs. Um, this is particularly of interest because it's going to factor into the World Series. September 6, 1981. Despite having won the first half of the American League East title, New York Yankees manager Gene Michael is replaced by... You remember who he was replaced by? Who, who was he in? Gene Michael. Gene Michael. I'm he was replaced by Bob Lemon. Bob Lemon, that's right. Yep. Um... So, September 6th, Fernando beats the Cardinals 5-0 to tie the National League record of seven shutouts by a rookie pitcher. A devastating screwball. Holy shit. And then, to kind of end the uh, notes here on that, September 26th, Nolan Ryan breaks the record of four no-hitters by L.A. pitcher Sandy Kopex, pitching his fifth career no-hitter in the Astrodome against the Dodgers. So, I mean, just some good stuff. Right. Um, Takes me back. Kind of give you just just a, a brief scope of the season. So, all right, so, you know, we're rolling. How do we get to the World Series? Well, let's start with everybody's favorite team, the Yankees. <laughs> Fucking hate the Yankees. Murderer's Row. <clears throat> Greatest name <laughs> ever. So the 81 Yankees was the season was the franchise's 78th season in New York City. It was their 80th season overall because I believe they did play a year in uh, Baltimore or somewhere. Uh, don't 
quote me on that. But anyways, uh, actually backing up. So I want to run this by you and see test your memory. So oh boy. I'm still seven or eight years away. I'm still swimming in nut sacks. <laughs> there ain't no other way to put it. I'm still swimming in testicles in 81. You are 10 or 11-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah. So the split season due to the strike. So division leaders across all divisions in both leagues, first place, automatic postseason bid. Right. Then, you know, it's a race to the second half of the season. The team with the best record – in baseball at the end of September was the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. They did not get into the postseason. Oh, they won the first half. I just remember I, I, I found that across my notes, and uh, I wish I would have explored that a little bit yeah. more. And uh, they'd be in the same division as the Dodgers, right? At that time, yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. There was just two, two divisions. And, and this is the team that was just competing for the World Series. For, right. They were in contention for several years. Yeah. Just like the Yankees were, yeah. uh, I don't. I know they for sure they won it in '75. That was one of the top three greatest World Series ever yeah, played. Yeah. Uh, Who they play in '75? Red Sox, uh, Reds and Red Sox. Pretty sure. Yes. Yes. Or no? Yeah, you're right. Was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Carlton Fisk. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, it just it was just funny how the team with the best record in the fucking league. In a strike shortened season, and they they get a postseason berth or, or supposedly a postseason. I don't remember how it worked out, but the team with the best record in baseball didn't make the postseason because of the strike sorting. Yeah, yeah. I guess that you wouldn't have got a postseason berth or something because I don't. Anyways, fuck it. Anyways, but all right. So we're getting to the New York Yankees here. Um, so they finished fifty nine and forty eight. The first half of the season, they finished 34 and 22nd in the AL East, finishing first. The second half of the season, they finished 25 and 26, finished fifth. They would go on to face the Brewers in the NLDS. Um, In a Harvey's ball banger? I want to say that was about that time. time. Maybe a year. Because the Brewers. Right. 83 would have been. Because the who did who did the Brewers play? Did didn't they play? There was a World Series in the 80s somewhere in there. I don't know if it was against my Phil. I don't think it was against my Phillies. 83 would have been against your Phillies. I think. Somewhere in there because 80, 80 the, the Harvey no, no, Wallbangers, no. that was 80, a team. 82 Cardinals. They the Cardinals. The Cardinals, Cardinals yes. were yeah. the Harvey Wallbangers. Yeah. 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 They had a Cecil Cooper, Ben Ogilvy, Robin Young. I always think sex when I hear the Harvey Wallbangers. <laughs> Paul Mulder. I like me some Paul Mulder. Uh, I'm trying to think who the catcher was. Uh, Simmons. Ted Simmons? Maybe. Maybe. So here's what we're going to do. Um, actually, I'm going to ask you, do you want to run this where we're running down, you know, both leagues, the ALDS and the ACE and the ALCS and you want to run down the division series, championship series and the world series? I said we do championship series. So just skim over yeah. the, the, uh, divisional series. Yeah. Okay. So in the divisional series, 
in the American League. Um, give me just a second here. Dude, I love having this mouse now. I bet. Okay. I didn't put it in there, did I? So I got it in here. Okay, so... AL Division Series. The Yankees would play against the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, they would beat them 3-2. to two. Uh, Yes, okay, so here we go. So I've got the overall, I got the stats. So 81 ALDS was Yankees Brewers. Yankees would win 3 to 2. The Yankees scored uh, 19 runs off 46 hits, only posted three errors. The Brewers would score uh, 13 runs off 36 hits, five errors. Then uh, they would go on to face the Oakland Athletics and the ALCS. So you want to run down the actual games there in the championship series? It's up to you. No, oh, it's up to you. Uh, we don't have to run them down. I mean, the story is 81 Dodgers and Yankees. But we'll, we'll just kind of give a preview of how we get there a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Because I know we've done this in the past. Right. But let's let's try to – let me take my hat off. Let's try to change the format just a little bit. I got to get comfy, y'all. Hang on. I did, remember, I did not remember the athletics. I Kurt, I didn't either, to be honest. And I'm not sure who the Dodgers played. Maybe the Phillies. Nope. Nope. To get there, huh? Mets. Nope. Houston, I think. Okay. Yeah. No. Montreal Expos. Yeah, they played Houston in the NLDS. Okay, and then the Expos. And the, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. of the famous Rick Mundy home run. The Monday Blues. Which, that was a good series. That was a good pitching series. I do remember that. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay, so here we do. So, this is what we'll do. Uh, we'll try something different. We're back to... It's been a while since we do. We haven't done a World Series since fucking... November. Right. I think. So... No, we did one in January. Okay. Uh, so yeah. This is probably our fifth one. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, we did one in January. So instead of going through this, basically, I'm just going to scroll down to the final game. Uh, and put it this way the Yankees do Yankee what, things. Yankees, right. Um, the Yankees would win the 81 ALCS three games to none over the Athletics. Uh huh. Oakland only managed to score four runs off of 22 hits, where the Yankees just thrashed them. They scored 20 runs off 36 hits. Uh, so basically, that's how the Yankees got to the World Series. There wasn't much to talk about. I've got the notes, but we're going to try a little different. We're just going to see what's happening. Right. Um. Plus, me and you might shoot some hoops later. Yes. And uh, we got a new show open we're going to try to record tonight. So. Yeah. Yeah, maybe if we get it done, maybe it'll be they'll be hearing it on this episode. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the Yankees made it to the eighty-one World Series. I know. Holy fuck, we're twenty-four minutes in and they've already made it. <laughs> it's impressive. But yeah, they beat the Oakland Athletics 3 0. 
and they won five games or six games or whatever in the ALDS. Okay, so the Los Angeles Dodgers season in 1981 got off to a strong start with rookie Fernando Valenzuela. Valenzuela pitched a shutout opening day. That started Fernando Mania. He went on to win both the Rookie of the Year and Cy Young. Stop you right there, son. How impressive is that? That's pretty impressive. That you're winning Rookie of the Year and Cy Young. And Cy Young. Ah, that's really impressive. It means you're winning ball games for sure. There, I don't. I don't think people understand the the amount of poison Moxie. For a kid who wasn't even twenty one years yeah, old, twenty one yet, yeah, to stand out there on the mound, yeah, and perform like he was performing all season long, well, into the postseason. What made him so devastating was instead of a circle change, which a screwball is kind of like a circle change in a way, kind of, kind of. But I mean, nobody had seen a screwball pitcher for decades. And uh, here come along. Here come a twenty-year-old kid with, hey. a, with a raggy left arm. You know, kind of. I mean, it wasn't really. He didn't really throw the ball hard. You know, his fastball wasn't going to bust anybody up. But it was his screwball, which he used in any any count. That was devastating. Right hander. He, was, he wasn't afraid to throw that. No. Three-two <laughs> yeah, pitch. Right. That's what it made it. I mean. Yeah. He'd be 3 0 and he'd throw another screwball. Three, 3 2 pitch on the mound, and you got a devastating right hander in the batter's box. You, what are you throwing? You're traditionally. Traditionally, I'm going to try to bust him in. Y- yeah. Here it is. But buddy. yeah, here he's going to throw a, a specialty pitch. Yep. And he wasn't afraid to. No. And any count. Any count. <laughs> Which, and uh, it's kind of was a different style of pitching, I guess, at the time. And it, it took on, man. A lot of people. Did you, two weeks ago, I sent you a YouTube clip of the 81 World Series video. Did you watch that? No, I didn't. So, one of the things I love about baseball, and they they still do it now, but they're not as good as they was in the 70s and 80s and 90s. After the season ends, Major League Baseball puts together a video detailing, you know, traditionally they're 30-minute to – Hour and a half right. long videos right. detailing. And Mel Allen done them too. I yeah, think. yeah. I detailing think. how they got to the World Series, both teams, and kind of like we do, we just go right. up and talk right. about it. And when I tell you that I watched a twenty-year-old kid stand on the mound <laughs> in big games in the postseason, in regular season games during a strike-shortened season when the second half every game was just as important, right. and I said he stood in there with poise. And Moxie, Moxie, yeah, and he wasn't afraid of a goddamn thing. No, he wasn't. Staring down them he, boys he, in the batter's he box. He didn't know any better. He was too young to know any better. Young and dumb. Yeah, and well, yeah, he had a, a very a specialty pitch, which. And you know, you know what else about? It? And tell me, tell me, I'm wrong because I don't think I am. You got a hard nosed son of a bitch like Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. A stubborn, mean as fuck, grouchy, old school guy. <laughs> yeah. And he's probably, every time Fernando comes off the mound, he's probably bitching at him, yelling yeah. at him, why are you throwing him spec? Whatever. You know he is at some point. Yeah. Telling him not to do it, but then Fernando gets out there and he's just dealing, man. Yeah. And then, uh, when he comes back in, it's a good job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Life's crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, definitely phenom. Yeah. 
So the Dodgers would finish. You think he put asses in the seats? That's my line. Asses That's in the, I guarantee he I did. I guarantee he did. Okay. Know. Fuck it. My show, our show. Talk to me about Fernando Mania. What can you remember being a kid? What was that like to you as a 10, 11-year-old kid? What was well, Fernando? Was it really as big as they said yeah, it was? it was. It took over, man. It took over the nation. There was no ESPN in the 80s. No, no. But all you heard on the news, the sports was, I mean, people in, there were TV play, uh, stations in, let's say, the East Coast covering him. You know what I mean? It was a that, West Coast team. A West Coast team. It was that that big in the 80s coverage was still i mean coverage was yeah, national but it right. was still relocated uh, to your right you but know I mean, area but uh i remember watching a lot more dodger games just because it found its way on the game of the week you know channel two uh vince Gulley, joe garagiola i said that right yeah and they've done a lot of dodger games so the hype's not overstated it was legit it was, it was legit. yeah yeah huh. for sure I mean, they even, done, they even done little songs about him and stuff, you know. Oh, boy. Uh, Mel Allen, you know, I don't know if you ever remember Mel Allen. They done it this week in baseball. I remember. I seen clips of that on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's where Mel Allen, and big voice for baseball, and, and have, they even done little skits about Fernando, and it was pretty funny. But uh, it was, it took over. I mean, here's a 20-year-old phenom, left-handed. For those that, I, you know, I... I keep overstating this. He was 20 years old. He turned 21 days after the World yeah, Series yeah, ended. Yeah, but still, I mean, he was 20. He was 19 or 20, and he turned 20 or 21. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was 20. Turned 21. I'm not sure how the story about how the Dodgers even acquired him or had found out. You know, about it. I didn't even dig into that. I mean, that I should have. I mean, that could be an episode, another episode, a Fernando episode. Just do a whole Fernando Mania episode. It was that big, I'm telling you. But, uh, well, anyways, moving on. Yeah. So they would finish the season 36 and 21 in the first half. They would also finish not so good in the second half like the Yankees did. They finished 27 and 26 in the second half, ultimately finishing the 81 regular season at 63 and 47. They would draw the Houston Astros in the NLDS to okay. begin season play. That series, I'm not going to talk much about it. Um, but what I think you should know is that by this point, when we're getting into postseason baseball, you know what you have in this rookie sensation in Fernando. Yeah. And you're thinking about the 1981 Houston Astros. Automatically, you think... One of the guys I always pick all the time is one of the 10 greatest pitchers of all Nolan time. Nolan Ryan, yeah. Game one, trotting out on the fucking mound. Nolan Ryan against. Valenzuela. How? how uh, and yeah, you know two, what? Two opposing style of pitching. I mean. And, you know, I didn't. I never knew this. Um, and, of course, being a baseball guy, or I was a better baseball guy when I was younger. Thank God for encyclopedias and the internet. Uh, that game was scoreless until the bottom of the yeah. sixth inning. So you've got this rookie, you've got this veteran, and they're both going down in history as two of the best right. to ever be on the mound. Right. And they're dealing. And they're dealing. And yeah. it's scoreless until the bottom of inning six. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what happened. but Tony Scott singled home to Terry Poole to score the game's first run, but then Steve Garvey tied the game with a home run in the top oh, okay. of the seventh. 
And we're going to talk. Steve at, Garvey. I love it. Steve Garvey, man. Steve Garvey or Cecil Cooper? Steve one of the Garvey. first One of the first things he ever I'm said to me. Steve Garvey. Because uh, he's called him a homer. I think the very first time you asked me that, I said Cecil Cooper. And then after I got to know you were a Dodger fan, I'm kind of like, probably Garvey. Garvey could rake. But I think I think in the beginning, I remember Ansel and Cooper. Garvey could rake. Flat out rake. I've got some... Uh, I've got some Steve Garvey in the uh, word association at the end okay, right for on. you. But uh, moving on, uh, Kurt wants to just kind of skip over this a little bit. So the NLDS, um, I think they go to five or six games. They went five games. Dodgers beat them three to two. Uh, Dodgers scored 13 runs on 32 hits in the NLDS, whereas Houston can only muster six runs on 29 hits. Pitching and defense, huh? Uh, then they would draw the Montreal Expos for the 1981 yeah. NLCS. And Olympic Stadium that time of year? <sighs> Not a fun place to be playing baseball. No. Uh, Dodgers took the first game of the series behind the strong pitching of starter Burt. Hooten. Burt Hooten. Um, Knuckle curve, by golly. And there's fucking Gary Carter, you yep, know, yep, doubling home. Yep, yep. Uh, skip down. Fernando pitched in game two. Didn't pitch that well. No. So, uh. Once again, folks, we're talking Montreal in October. Yeah. Around about. Yeah. Uh. Dusty Baker committed some errors in that yeah. game. Fernando lost that game. Ray yeah. Burris would be the winning pitcher. That game went, yeah, three. It went, it went full. It went three to two. Um, Montreal scored only ten runs off thirty four hits. So we're talking uh, Tim Raines, Tim Andre Raines. Dawson, uh, Gary Carter, Gary Carter, yes, Tim, Tim Wallach, Raines. Tim Wallach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the starting pitchers dominated with uh, Venezuela and uh, Ray Burris. Yeah. Uh, Montreal broke off a top run, uh, broke on top with a single run in the first when Tim Raines, you know, hit a double. Yeah. Very fast. Uh, Pedro Guerrero had a couple singles there. So, okay. So, so basically, we're, Kurtz just said, fuck this. Appreciate the work. Let's just skip to the meat and taters. Because Kurt's excited. He's like a kid. Yeah. He wants to. <laughs> well, I mean. You, no, no. And that's fine. Because we always put it in here. Because, you know, usually we cover it or sometimes we don't. But Kurt wants meat and taters. And we got some good meat and taters. Yeah. Plus, we got a bunch of shit to do tonight. Yeah. Like, Kurt's got to play some more 2K. Well, probably. And well, we uh, got to shoot hoops yet, too. I mean. We got to shoot some hoops. And we got to record a new opening. Yes. Okay. So, the stage is set. NL champion Dodgers. AL champion Yankees, East Coast, West Coast. It don't even get any bigger than this. All the hype. Yeah. All the hype. So, and you you love when I do this. So, an April 2021 article for the Legends of Sport blog, author Josh Schnittman wrote an article about the Yankees and the Do- Dodgers' historic rivalry. And said, quote, The American League Yankees, the National League Dodgers, have formed one of Major League Baseball's most storied rivalries. Their interleague rivalry had a significant impact on the New York baseball culture. Culture, excuse me. The Yankees drew their fans across all five boroughs of New York, 
and their home stadium was in the Bronx, while the Dodgers specifically represented Brooklyn only. Even when the Dodgers moved west to Los Angeles, their rivalry with the Yankees did not die. There are no two franchises throughout Major League Baseball history that have squared off against each other in the World Series as many times as the Yankees and the Dodgers have. 11 times total. And this is what I talked about on our weeknight episode this week. Some of baseball's most noteworthy legends have competed in these battles in their prime, such as Yankees Hall of Famers Bill Dickey, Joe DiMaggio, Phil Rizzuto, Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, Reggie Jackson, Dave Winfield, and Dodgers Hall of Famers Pee Wee Reese, Gil Hodges, Duke Snyder, Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, Sandy Koufax, Don Drysdale, and Don... Sutton. Sutton. Many of these World Series battles have featured some of baseball's legendary Hall of Fame managers as well. Joe McCarthy, Casey Stangle, Stangle. Stangle of the Yankees, yeah. and Walter Aston, and Tommy motherfucking Lasorda of the Dodgers. One of the greatest postseason rivalries dating back to 1941 was reset for the second fall classic of the 1980s. The Yankees had been in the hunt for more World Series championships than any other team in professional baseball, and the Brooklyn-slash-LA Dodgers were their new favorite prey. In 10 series meetings between the two clubs, New York has prevailed as champions on eight occasions, 6-1 and one against the Brooklyn Dodgers and 2-1 and one against the LA Dodgers. <laughs> Both teams had last met in 78 when the Yankees lost the first two outings, then rebounded to beat... And four consecutive games. Yeah. After a new two-tiered playoff system was introduced, due to the player strike, the Yankees had won a tight divisional playoff over the Brewers, went on to sweep Oakland as the American League champions, and it marked this would thus mark the third series meeting in five years. Think about that. That's pretty pretty impressive run. For Three times team, in yeah. five years. That's dynasty shit. That's dynasty shit, yeah. Okay, so that's why we're here. Meat and taters. And before Meat and Taters, sponsor, sponsor, pay bill. Let's plug Galeri guitars. I played with my Galeri the other day. Did you? I have a lot of time to do stuff while I'm working right, now. Right. Y'all see my office set up. I already showed you my two phones. Just call me. Two phones. Jared Two Phones. Jared Two Phones. So check out Galeri guitars on on Facebook or at galerimusic.com on the webs. Um, I'll promote the shit out of these guys all the time. They let us. They're uh, very, very reasonable and affordable instruments. Uh, I bought two acoustics January last year. They were $80 a piece. They look and play, sound better than their three to $500 competitors. I call mine a Canon guitar, personally. Uh, Kurtz uh, held my guitar and played it. He was pretty, pretty, yeah. But uh, anyways, you can also give Glary a call at 1-606-404-6286. That's 606-404-6286. I'm contractually obligated to mention them every episode. Not really. But uh, yeah. it's a joke. A bad joke. A stupid joke. But no, they, they really do have good tight shit. And, um, you know, they're basically giving us an electric. I need to get a hold of them. Yeah, you that do. was... They're basically giving us an electric and an amp. Yeah, I've been wanting to check it out. I, I, I basically this equates to we're gonna pay like ten bucks for this guitar. Well, and it's it's coming with an amp. That'd be awesome, man. You're gonna have to do some Rock playing and on that. Roll. 
But yeah, yeah check out that. check out Glary. That's G L A R R Y. Glary Guitars. Okay. Oh, fun fact. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll plug. You know, we we got to save our girl for last. Right. Right. So I have not burned that candle because I just never want to burn it. Right. I haven't burned it since the night we burned it here. But when I was working on the research this week, I burnt the candle. Burnt the candle. It smells I good. I swear to God, dude, it smells right. just like it's labeled. I was thinking there was blueberry cheesecake floating yeah, around I somewhere. Mean, it smells good enough to eat. <sighs> okay, so here we go. You ready? Now you got me thinking about blueberry cheesecake. I know. We didn't get no pizza tonight. Yeah. I could still send Dole. I got money. I could still send him. It's almost nine. He's mowing. All right. Give me some dap. Not that kind of dap. <laughs> Just kidding, folks. Just kidding. So, game one, 1981 World Series, October 20th, 1981, Yankee Stadium. First pitch thrown out from Joe DiMaggio, a Hall of Famer. Luck. Hey, Bubba. You're getting hungry, probably. You're getting hungry, too? You can't have none of those brownies. <laughs> Tell everybody about the brownies. You, uh... Oh yeah. Your ex-wife, your ex-mother-in-law made some oh, yeah. brownies. Yeah, really, 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 really good. Man, that woman could cook for me anytime. Yeah, they're really good. And then <sighs> my ex brought cornbread pie. Where the fuck was that at? Oh, it's gone already. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. She brought a great big old pan of it, man. It was delicious. Cornbread pie? Cornbread pie, you ever had it? I've had cornbread pudding. It's probably the same thing I'm thinking it's, of. It's uh, a hamburger. Oh. Uh, tomato sauce. Or paste of some sort. Okay. Onions. You couldn't think to maybe save me a there little bit? There might be a piece in there. <sighs> there might be. And uh, You're going to have to make some chicken nuggets. corn. And then you put your cornbread on top of it. You put it in the oven. Bake it. It's really, really, really good. I eat really, 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 I'm really hungry too now. much. God damn it. Where were we? Yeah. Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio. Throws out first pick. The Rick Cerrone, 56,000 and change in Yankee Stadium. Pearl Bailey, uh, America the Beautiful or National what I'm just a cornbread pie. pie. And you, you put... You know why we never get shit done? Because we talk about other shit, and then we talk about food, and then I'm the fat guy on the show. I'm pretty fat, too. I'm not pretty. I'm just fat. Maybe we ought to do a podcast about food. We could do a food podcast. I mean, you got a green thumb. Yeah. You already fucking you already added to your garden this year. Yeah, it's yeah. it's you got gardens going in every direction well, now. Well, I mean, it, it, I I foresee tough times ahead. Dude. I want corn. I want some more corn. Yeah, I have. Some. I want tomatoes. I put I uh, put several. I just put a lot of corn out this year. Most of it come up as wet as it has. It, we was worried about it flooding earlier. Yeah, but uh, Kurt's got a green thumb. Everybody, what's come up is looking all right. It, although it's really wet, we could use a couple weeks of some dry, warm weather. Oh, don't worry, you'll get your wish. You'll yeah. be hitting that gold bomb bottle every day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I like the garden. I think I was a cedar at one time for this earth in my past life. There you go, past life regression. Everybody's walked this earth at least twice. Yeah. Well, plausible theory yeah all right i need a you know what lucky strike needs to sponsor me there you go okay lucky strikes these aren't your granddaddy's lucky strikes (laughs) game one started (laughs) 
New York playing at home. Uh, the Yankees do. Yankees yeah. win. That that is the greatest phrase. Do you realize we have used that phrase in almost every episode now to describe certain things? The Pittsburgh Penguins do penguin things. things yeah. You know, the Cincinnati Bungles do Cincinnati Bungles things. things. They loot like not anymore. They're gonna be tough, dude. Sorry, Corey. But anyways, they they kind of opened up. Uh, Bob Watson opened it up with a three run homer in the first off of Jerry Royce. Royce, okay. So, and I give a synopsis of these games. I tried to watch certain highlights of each game on YouTube. And then, of course, Google helped and Wikipedia helped and uh, Yankees.com, Dodgers.com. Yeah. Excuse me. YouTube. YouTube uh, That's why good. you have the greatest job. Yeah, I know. I just make you watch YouTube. And you didn't even watch YouTube. I know, because I never got this. Yeah. That's why when I got here, I said, Kurt, I didn't print you off any notes. He said, it's okay. Don't need them this time. It's like me with the wrestling episodes. You get yeah. no, Nope, don't need them. Don't need them. But anyway, so uh, Bob Watson, three-run homer, collected singles in the third and fourth inning for a 5-1 lead going to the eighth. Man, I've got gas or indigestion. Megan, what did you eat last? Grilled burgers this afternoon. Oh, that's what it is. I'll, I know. I'll stuff in my face at Pringles outside talking to Kyle. Oh. Okay. Where the fuck is I? Okay, so Yankee skipper Bob Lemon replaced Ron Guidry with Ron Davis, who unfortunately walked the only two batters he faced. Attempting a comeback, they brought in Rich Goose. Gossage. That is like the greatest thing. Goose gosh. And he, he had the handlebar mustache. Uh, intimidating, imposing, and he was a great big guy too. Six four, six five. We you that is a porn star mustache. <laughs> yeah, that was wrong. They, they had the handlebar mustache. Yeah. Uh, did, did, did he did? No, uh, Goose Gossage. No. Is that uh, your phone? Gidry didn't have a mustache. Yeah, he did, but I don't think it was handlebar like. You know the Yankees are allowed that face right now. So. Yeah, I know. Oh wait, yeah, they're allowed to have mustaches. Oh, are they? Yeah, I think so. That's all. Huh. Yep. So Goose Gotch was brought in for the save, but he yielded a scoring run single to pinch hitter Jay Johnstone uh-huh. and a sacrifice fly to Dusty Baker, Baker. San Francisco Giants yeah. general manager. Yeah. Um, despite the setback, though, he was managed to get he managed to get out of the inning thanks to third baseman for the Yankees. Greg Nettles. Nettles, who made a clutch. <laughs> Steve Garvey had a line drive, uh-huh. and uh, you can see this clip on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen it before. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Nettles, love him, love him or hate him. Beautiful fucking dive. Yeah. yeah. Garvey hit a beautiful line drive that was headed, looked like it was going yep. far left field. Yep. Uh, Nettles was tough at third base. He was. Oh, he was a solid. A very solid. A solid starter. A solid, solid. starter. Uh, Ron Say. Ron Say. Say, excuse me. The penguin. Yeah. Followed with the ground out. Then the nervous bullpen leader and amazing infielder, uh, you know, they emerge as 5-3 winners, yeah. Yankees third baseman. So so this is interesting. So during the dive, Greg Nettles, I don't know if you remember this, he suffered a hairline fracture in his left thumb yeah, during yeah, that dive. Yeah. 
So he would go on to miss games three, four, and five. Uh, he would play in games two and six, though. Yeah. Which uh, is a big break for the Dodgers. Yeah. He batted. He, he could bat also. He could rake. So, um, so looking at the box score for game one right here, it looks like L.A. scored three runs off of five hits, whereas the Yankees would score six runs off of five. Uh, New York went yard with Bob Watson. In the first inning, Steve Yeager would go yard yep. for the Dodgers in the fifth. Steve Yeager. Yep. Right field shot on the porch. Um, so, game two went down the very next night. They're playing in the Bronx again. Uh, first pitch was thrown out from actor James Cagney. Oh, yeah. To Rick Cerrone. Rick Cerrone, yeah. 56,500 people in Yankee Stadium. It's a bunch of people. Opera singer Robert Merrill. Yeah, St. National Anthem. Yep. There's not a lot to talk about in Game 2. Uh, I actually have just a brief paragraph, and I'm not even going to try to talk it. I'm just going to read it. Uh, this I copied directly from... I didn't put any of my own original notes. I copied Game 2's notes directly from Wikipedia. Uh, so, you know, I hopefully that's factual. Well, I'm sure it would be. I mean, you know... That's the problem with Wikipedia, though. Anybody can edit anything. Oh. They can make it say sucking buttholes if they wanted. Oh. Yeah. Wieners and buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I just did that because I didn't really know what to write about, you know, watching the highlights of game. There wasn't many highlights yeah. for game two. Uh, former teammates, Bird Hooten, and we just talked about him, the ex-Dodger, now New York Tommy Yankee. John. Tommy yeah. John. Tommy yeah. John. They were scoreless on the mound until the fifth. You know, Tommy John. Dealing, yeah. They name you know the surgery is named after him, yeah, right? You know, uh, hell of a pitcher in his day. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, One of the first guys to come up with a really a, a changeup type pitch. You love specialty pitches. Well, I mean, and I mean, hitters, I do. Hitters, they tend to get pretty good. You know, I mean, you got to. I mean, what wins championships? We always say it. Pitching, I mean, pitching, pitching. You can pick pitching. up a hot bat. I don't care. Yeah. You can make a guy get a hot but bat. You gotta throw strikes. You gotta throw strikes. Yeah. Pitching. You build your team around fucking pitching. Right. I agree. But anyways, they're they're scoreless until the fifth inning, and then here's a guy you didn't know about. You asked me about earlier. Shortstop Larry Milborn. Milborn doubled in Willie Randolph for the only run. That they would really need. The Yankees would go then ahead and, and uh, push across two more in the eighth off Steve Howe on an RBI single by Bob Watson and a sacrifice fly by Randolph. Tommy John pitched seven shutout innings and then Goose Gossage come in to close for the second game, save in two games. Yeah. So, right. Yankees are doing Yankee things here. Yeah, yeah. They're up, you know. And I'm crying. And- a 10, 11 year old boy just. Yeah. They're so bitches. They did it in '77 and '78, yeah, yeah, and they're yep. gonna do it again. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Box store box score for Game Two reads pretty much the same. Uh, Dodgers scored zero runs off of four hits, committed two errors in that yeah, game. Yeah. Yankees would score three runs off of six hits. Nobody went yard in either game. And then Game Three, this gets exciting. Yeah, Dodger Stadium. Two days later, October 23rd, 1981. This at the time was the latest World Series start ever. Yeah. Because they started October 20th. 
Yeah. Latest start to World Series. Sandy Koufax would throw out the first pitch to Mike Sosha. Mike would have been a rookie that year. That would that have been his rookie year? Was it eighty or eighty one? Eighty one. Wow. Fifty six thousand and change. Tony Tennille, singer, was the national anthem. Captain Tennille, huh? Uh huh. Uh huh. Prior to this game, Yankee manager Bob Lemon set Reggie Jackson for Game Three. Jackson had injured himself running the bases in Game Two of the ALCS and missed the first two games of the World Series, but was medically cleared to play Game Three. Jackson was not even allowed to pinch hit. Lemon said he was resting Jackson as a precaution because the Dodgers were starting a left-handed pitcher. Who would that left-handed pitcher have been? Valenzuela. <laughs> So okay, let let me let me let me give you my take on this. Okay. So I was swimming in testicles in eighty one. Right, right. You were ten or eleven. Yeah. But knowing what I know, and thank God for the internet and YouTube and everything, and what I can because I was a baseball fiend when I was a kid. Lemon was scared of Fernando. Yeah. And I fully believe the Yankees were afraid of Fernando. Yeah. But they had a lot of left-hand bats in that lineup. But what I'm getting ready to tell everybody that's listening that don't remember this World Series, the dot the Yankees were scared of Fernando Mania. But statistically in this game, although Fernando would get the win, yeah, he didn't pitch that way. This was probably his worst yeah. post performance all postseason. Yeah. Couldn't uh, find a plate. No. Uh, Same thing happened to him in uh, Montreal, too, in that start. He couldn't find a plate. And the reason I say this is because he played the entire game. He got a complete game, but he allowed nine hits and walked seven. Yeah. But he was constantly somehow able, although allowing hits and walks, he would still manage to get himself out of major trouble Yeah. Yeah. without surrendering like a grand slam or something. He walked two Yankees batters in the first, but he pitched out of it. Ron Say, meanwhile, provided him a 3-0 lead in the Dodger half with a three-run homer yeah. off Spaghetti Dave Rigetti. Good left-hander himself, yeah. The Yan- <laughs> so then, okay, you know, the Yankees would come back. They'd cut the lead from 3-2 to two in the second. Bob Watson hit a homer off a of Bob Watson homer and a Larry Melbourne RBI single. Yeah. Fernando would then strand two runners in this inning. Rick Cerrone gave the Yankees a 4-3 lead in the third with a two-run homer. But the Yankees would strand two once again. Watson would lead off the fifth with a double, but no one scared or scored, excuse me, as Valenzuela would pitch out of it again yeah, in yeah. both. So like, here's this I can't stress this enough. Here's this fucking young phenom. Well, you, you wonder why Lasorda didn't go to the hook, you know, hook him, uh, right? I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, he's not pitching very well at all. No, but he he he's been a star the entire season, yeah. the entire postseason. Yeah. But he's statist- statistically probably pitching his worst game, yeah. not just of the year, but of the postseason. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But there's still Lasorda's letting him in there. Yeah, that's what. So maybe he knows something that we don't. Yeah. So in both the third and fifth inning, the Dodgers were helped by the Yankees being unable to use a DH since it was 
used in last season's right. series. Did not know that. Yeah. In both innings, Fernando issued two out intentional walks to the number eight hitter, Larry Milborn, in order to pitch to Dave Rigetti right. and George Frazier. Right. He would strike out the pitchers both times. Yeah. The Dodgers would then come back and give Fernando the lead back in the bottom of the fifth off of Frazier when Pedro Guerrero doubled in your homeboy, Steve Garvey, okay. to tie the game. And then Ron Say would score on a double play grounder by Mike Sosha. So it's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah. They're functioning as a well unit right yeah. now, which is because they're down 2 0 in yeah. the World Series. Must win. Right. So the lead, they've got the lead. Dodgers. You know, the crowd at Dodger Stadium is fully. Fernando Manny yeah. is going everywhere. He finally started to settle down, Fernando did, after pinch hitting. Valenzuela's regular catcher, Mike Sosha, took over behind the plate. This seemed to have a calming effect yeah. as Sosha knew Spanish and he was better able to talk with yeah. Fernando than I'm essentially assuming than what Steve Yeager could. Or Yeager. Yeager could. I, yeah. I, do, I do remember the change in uh, – his approach a little bit. I social guy, he calmed down. And that's not saying Jaeger wasn't a good no, player. No, he, like, he, he was. was great, great player, yeah. But from what I've read in my research for this and, you know, just generally what I knew from bits and pieces of this World Series growing up, it seemed like there was a better rapport between these two rookies yeah, yeah. than the rookie and the veteran. Right. So the Yankees would, would try again to uh, make a push – in the eighth inning, when Aurelio Rodriguez and Mulborn would lead off with back-to-back singles, pinch hitty, pinch hitty, pinch hitter Bobby Mercer. Bobby remember Bobby Mercer? Mercer? Yeah, I remember Bobby Mercer. He would try a sacrifice bunt. It I popped it. foul. I remember that? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's 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 on YouTube. Uh, Ron Say would dive and catch it, then doubled Milborn off of yep. first. And Fernando, despite giving up nine hits, including two yard. And walking seven through 149 pitches facing Unheard 40 of. batters. Unheard of. But he today. went the distance. Unheard of today. 149 pitchers. 149 pitches. That's unheard of today. That wouldn't happen today. Wouldn't happen today, no. Game management. Yeah. So the box score for game one. Uh, game three. Or game three, excuse me. <laughs> The box score for game run, uh, Yankees committed no errors, but they only managed to score four runs off of nine hits. While the Dodgers would commit an error, obviously, but they scored five runs off 11 hits. <coughs> uh, Yankees went yard twice, Watson in the second, Cerrone in the third, and then uh, L.A. would go yard once, uh, Ron Say in the first inning. So the next night... Uh, Dodger Stadium again, October 24th, 1981. First pitch is thrown out from Walter Aston, Dodgers yeah. World Series manager, to Steve Yeager. Uh, Gloria Loring, don't know, never heard that one before. She sang the national anthem, 56,242 in attendance. And after being held out of game three, Reggie Jackson. Was back in the starting lineup for this game. Yankees had success early against uh, Bob Welch, who faced four batters without recording an out before being relieved by Dave Goltz. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Willie Randolph led off the game with a triple and scored on a Milbourne double. 
Dave Winfield would walk, and then Jackson singled before Goltz gave up a sacrifice fly to Bob Watson. Willie Randolph came back, smashed a two-out solo home run in the second, and Rick Cerrone battered an RBI in the third for a 4-0 Yankee lead. Yeah. So already it's looking, looking pretty dismal. Oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, we got one. Yankees but are doing Yankee things. Yankees doing Yankee things. That's right, sweetheart. So then, uh, where am I at? My notes here. Okay, Yankee starter Rick. Um, hold on, Rick Russell. Rick Russell. Yeah. I love doing that to you. Just throw it to you, keeping you I, I knew, engaged. I knew I knew it, but uh, Rick Russell. He he didn't do he he started to get some yeah. issues of his own. He allowed an RBI single to Davey Lopez. Lopes. Or Lo- Lopes. Oh yeah, Lopes. I ain't got my glasses on. Lopes. An RBI ground out to Ron Say in the third. And then they would pull him in favor of Rudy May. May would give up a double to Garvey and an RBI single to Say in the fifth. But the Yankees countered with two and the six on an RBI singles by Oscar Gamble yeah. and Bob Watson and off of, and here's a guy we haven't talked about all episode yet. So Gamble and Watson got these singles off of Tom Needenfuhrer. Needenfuhrer. And matter of fact, I don't think we've ever talked about Tom uh, on this show. Tom Needenfuhrer is the guy that gave up the home run to Ozzie Smith, too, that sent uh, Cardinals to the... 82. Look at the fun fact on you. Yeah. Need Pure was a pitcher. Fun fact. I love deep stat, deep sluts. <laughs> deep stat. Yeah. I love deep sluts and good research, bro. <laughs> really, it was. Yeah. Yep. I'll be damned. So, with the 6 3 lead, the Yankees would then turn the pitching over to the relief combination of Ron Davis and Goose Gossage. Ron Davis couldn't find a plate, I don't think. No. If I remember right. No. That's it was what, bad. It was bad, yeah. It was bad. Uh, hard, Davis. Hard thrower. Davis would have trouble in the sixth inning. He issued a one-out walk to Sosha and gave up a pinch hit home run to Jay Johnstone yeah. to make the score 6-5. Then Lopes lifted a fly ball to the right that Jackson. Uh, you can find the clip on YouTube. Lost in the lights or something. Yeah, Reggie just lost it. And you can just clearly see he's just looking around like, yeah. I mean, just made a big leaguer look like a peewee leaguer. Uh, they dropped for an error. Lopeson reached second, and he stole third with uh, no throw by catcher Rick Cerrone three pitches later. Davis pitched from a wind-up position rather than a set pitch position, and then he gave up the game-tying single to Bill Russell. Yep. So batting about wheels buck ninety eight that year. Wheels are coming off. Yes. Uh, in the seventh inning, Dusty Baker led off with an infield uh, infield hit off George Frazier. Yeah. Went to third on a Rick Monday liner that got past Bobby Brown. Monday reached second. Pedro Guerrero was then intentionally walked. Okay. Yankee manager Bob Lemon then brought starting pitcher Tommy John out of the bullpen instead of Goose Goshits. What? So yeah. yeah, so so, I was gonna ask you about this when I put that in there. Uh, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're up two games to one. It's game four. And Does this make a difference in the series? Don't make yeah. The press just haunted Bob Lemon after that for that decision. I think 
I remember you think right. it made a difference? Oh, yeah. yeah. So instead of going to Gossage, who is, who is a reliever proven, and a closer. Proven, proven closer. Yeah. He deals it. But yeah. you're going to go pull a starter who just pitched, what, two games yeah, before? I don't know. He's on probably day three of rest yeah. by now. Yeah, and he's up in his end of his career also. And you're going to pull him a starter. And pitch him in. Yeah. As, as a, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of people scratching their heads, I guarantee you. Like, I just don't. Um... Yeah, it didn't make any sense. But then what happened? Okay, I got distracted. <laughs> don't definitely can't tell you what's on there. <laughs> you already know, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm podcasting tonight. This is what I'm doing. All right. Okay. I don't want boobies. I'm podcasting. You don't want boobies. I don't want boobies. I'm podcasting tonight. Okay, I canceled okay, okay. plans. I could have been playing poker with my friends. There's boobies on my phone. I'm I'm podcasting. No, no. No to the boobies. Yeah. Hanging with Kurt's more important than boobies. And if I want boobies, all I got to do is reach around and grab the ones on my chest or the two on my back. Oh, God. oh boy. See, the wheels come off. Oh, yeah, squirrel, yeah, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Where the fuck are we? Tommy John's coming. Tommy in. John. And, and we're trying to figure out why Tommy. Why? Why? Yeah. Why did Lemon do this? Yeah. Okay. So, Steve Yeager, hitting for Sosha, gave the Dodgers the lead when he drove home Baker with a sacrifice fly. Oh. Okay. I imagine Bob Lemon's like, what the fuck just happened? Lopes followed with an infield single that drove Monday home for an 8-6 lead. Tommy John managed to he did manage to strand Pedro Guerrero in scoring position in the seventh. And then he would pitch the last two innings, but they never brought Gossage in the game. Yeah. Jackson brought the Yankees closer with a home run in the eighth off Steve Howe, capping a three for three day. So welcome back, Reggie right. Jackson, Mr. October. But Howe was able to close out the win despite Willie Randolph pinning uh Daryl Thomas against the center field wall with a deep fly ball. Yeah. The series was now tied two to two. Uh, and Dodgers had a little momentum. Fun fact: According to Jay Johnstone's book *Temporary Insanity*, published in 1985, apparently Steinbrenner confronted Davis in the Yankees locker room after the game and demanded, "Why the fuck did you throw Johnstone a fastball?" Quote. Well, I don't know. Jay Johnstone, a, a pinch hitter. He played red. a big part in this series. Yeah. He don't get enough talk a about. Dead red fastball hitter, though. And you got to wonder why he threw him a fastball in that count. So, of course, I was a Dodger fan, and I didn't care. I was like, woo. <laughs> so the scoreboard, the box score for game four reads like this. L.A. did commit two errors. No. The Yankees committed one error. L.A. scored eight runs off 14 hits. Dodgers scored seven runs off 13 hits. Uh, Johnstone went yard for the Dodgers in the sixth. Willie Randolph and Reggie Jackson went yard in the second and eighth inning. So now here we are at game five. We are still in L.A. So now this is the third straight game in L.A. Uh, I did not have first pitch information on this one. So, no big deal. Jerry Royce? Uh, Who started? So, 
Jerry started. Yeah. Against Gidry. Yeah. So fifty six thousand, little uptick in numbers. Uh, there wasn't a lot. I got two paragraphs about game five. Of course, game six is what we care about. Right. Uh, and I don't have any. I a Broadway performer by the name of Lonnie Ackerman yeah. sang national anthem. Don't know. Don't know. I'm yeah. not a Broadway guy. So basically, here we are. Uh, we're coming into game five. Series is tied two games apiece. Yeah. So this is a crucial game. Pivotal game. Yeah. Pivotal game. You win this, you stop the Dodgers' momentum. Right. You lose this game, and well, you get to go they, home. But yeah, you get to go home, but you go home um, down a game. Yeah, you with the next game really, being yes. the end, you know. And you got Fernando at uh, in the mix. So the Yankees trotted out their ace, Ron Guidry. Yeah. Okay. Guidry looks sharp. Yeah. I did watch Game Five the other night. I did watch the most coverage I could get on YouTube. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but it was significant coverage. And Gidry looked good yeah. through about the first. I think it was six innings. He looked pretty good. He held the Dodgers to two singles. Uh, Reggie Jackson, um, you know, he helped provide Gidry a lead by doubling to left field in the second inning off of Jerry Royce. Yeah. Uh, he moved to third on a Davy Lopes error and scored on a Lou Pinella infield single. You know, I want to look at something a minute. Because Doyle was asking earlier, and he's not even fucking in here now. He was asking about Lou Pinella's age. He said he was playing in 81, and I said, yeah. And Doyle said he was pretty... He said he was probably in his 40s. Yeah, I think he might have been. So. He would have been close to 40. He, Lou Pinnell was 37. 37. And the World Series. He played 60 games that series. Um, yeah. You gotta go potties. Might have to pause it. Yeah. Let's pause it. Okay. And we're back. Right, we're back. That was uh, they never know we were gone, do they? No, uh-uh. no, not no. till we ruin it. Tell them. Yeah, we shot some hoops. Ate a ham sandwich. Ate a ham sandwich. Dole teased us, said we was getting pizza, and we never got pizza. And I don't remember where the fuck we were at. Oh, we talking about Lou Pinella, and then we took a break for luck. Dole, Lou Pinella was thirty-seven. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Lou Pinella. So we're in game five. Game five. So. I think we made it all the way all the way to where we were at the start of the seventh inning. Yep. Game took a turn then. Gidry fan Dusty Baker. He then surrendered back to back solo home runs to Steve Yeager and Pedro Guerrero. Guerrero who uh I like Pedro Guerrero. Oh yeah, me too. For sure. Uh oh. I didn't silence my phone, sir. MLB app. Philadelphia Phillies, Nick Castellanos hits a three-run home run in the top of the eighth. Phillies take a 4-3 lead over the New York Metropolitan. Fighting Phils. Philly fanatic. Yep. Anyways, uh, after he struck out, Baker suggested to Jaeger and Guerrero that they move up in the batter's box to take away Gidry's late-breaking slider. Uh-huh. Or so the internet suggested the rumor mill churned. Right. Uh, both home runs were hit, though, on sliders, almost to the same place in left center. So, yeah. 
They were hangers. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, Jerry Russ, Royce 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 was effect was as effective as what Gidry was. He held the Yanks to five hits and the lone run going the distance. And then in the eighth inning, a pretty intense little exchange happened. Goose Gossage beaned Ron Say. Ron Say. Yeah. Say I said Say. Ron Say. <laughs> Sorry, I said penguin. that earlier. The penguin. Yeah, Ron Say had to be helped off the field. Determined he had a concussion, yeah. but was cleared to play game six after it was delayed one day by rain. Yeah. Nowadays, cigarette yeah. went out. Nowadays, he wouldn't be that's, playing. That's a week or two yeah. out. Yeah. It was pretty bad too. He hit him, beat him pretty good. Oh, he fucking yeah. he knocked the fuck yeah. out of him. And to Ron Say's credit though, well, we'll talk about that coming up. He played game six. And he played uh, okay. So here, here, this, this is all sports, not just baseball, but games were different back then. Oh yeah, you didn't know as much about sports nutrition and wellness. Right. You right. didn't know as much about CTE and concussions, right. and uh, right. yeah, nowadays, generations were just tougher back then. Nowadays, he wouldn't have played. No, no, they would have held him out for a fucking month. Yep, yeah, at least. Um. Yeah, so the box score here for Game 5 reads like this. <clears throat> uh, L.A. wins 2-1. to one. L.A. committed three errors that yeah. game, still managed to walk away with the yeah. win. No home runs hit by the Yankees, but Pedro Guerrero and Yeager both go back-to-back home runs in the seventh. And so here we are, we're, you know, Game 6, and before we get to Game 6 here... Better plug somebody. Yeah, why not plug somebody here? Uh, let's plug these guys. Maybe they'll send me some more free shit, but I doubt it. <laughs> Check out Black Rifle Coffee. <laughs> Black Rifle Coffee Company. It's uh, veteran owned. Uh, it's a, it's a major outfit now. Uh, Kurt and I support anything veteran on this oh, yeah. podcast. Check them out on Facebook. They've got their own .com. They've got cool swag for men and women. Great coffee. Tremendous energy drinks. They a little bit of something for everybody. This is just a cheap plug because uh, my fat ass was drinking these like water a couple years ago. But yeah, check out Black Rifle Coffee Company. I've not had any of their coffee, but it looks good. But I've had the energy drinks. You said what one jacked you up? Uh, it was like a triple espresso vanilla 1000 death mill something. I don't know. Wow. Sounds big. I could see color or I could taste colors. Really? I could taste colors. It was like legal PCP. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Maybe maybe that's an exaggeration, but... Okay. Check them out anyway. Check them out anyway. Okay. This is one of our shorter episodes so far. So far. We blew through an hour of it. Well. Not by, just by skipping straight to meat and taters. I like meat and taters. I love meat and taters. So, here we go, Kurt. Three days later... Yankee Stadium, yeah. Game Six of the '81 World Series, October 28th. First pitch thrown out by Phil Rizzuto to Rick Cerrone. Yeah. Fifty-six thousand five hundred thirteen in attendance in the Bronx, and the national anthem was sung by Chuck Mangione. And I leaned in. He's a jazz musician. Yes. For those of you thinking that name uh, sounds familiar, Hank Hill. <laughs> My brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa, Bobby. 
I love dang, you, Peggy. Dang old, dang old man. Tell me, dang old, dang old, dang old, dang old, Bobby. Tell I like Buck Strickland. Hey, that's good. That's a good show, man. I, I like love it. that show. God dang it, Dale, you giblet head. Shackleford. Rusty, Rusty Shackleford. Shackleford. That's a good show. That is it's a good real, show. Pitch, uh, the first pitch of Chuck Mangione. No, Chuck Mangione sang the national anthem. anthem. Okay, let's see. Yeah. Alright. He do it with the horn or he sang? I don't know. He's he's I don't, I don't know. That's... <laughs> I'm not a jazz guy. Me neither. At all. Me neither. I'm a rocker. I'm a roller. I'm a ride out on the dollar. I'm a wheeler. A I'm a dealer. dealer. I ride down something, something, something. I'm a rock and roll. Stiff black hat, stiff black jeans, Cadillac car, teenage dreams. I'm, I'm a rocker. My dad wore that fucking cassette out. Like he tells me that story all the time. Him and my uncle. He said that was probably his favorite. Eight. He said just wore it the dirty fuck deeds. out. Off the Dirty Deeds yeah, album. Yeah. Rocker. Yeah. That that son of a bitch beats too. Bum, 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 Want a job, honey? <laughs> the late Bon Scott. Yeah. All right, son. So here we go. Game six. This was the latest ending World Series by calendar date at that time, surpassing the 1911 World Series, which ended on October 26th. Uh, so it was postponed a day before by rain. This allowed Bob Lemon to start Tommy John opposite of Bert Hooten. Hooten. And also allowed Ron yeah, say, say yeah. to be in the lineup because of the concussion. Yeah. So Willie Randolph would provide Tommy John with an early lead with a solo homer in the third inning. The Dodgers would come back tie up in the fourth with an RBI single by Steve Yeager. Yeager and, played a big part in the series. Oh, he did, and we will get to that. I promise. We will we'll definitely get to that. Uh. What what happened next was the Dodgers would tie it up on the in the fourth, you know, by a single by Jaeger, and then in the bottom of the fourth, Bob Lemon made a controversial decision. Another one. Yeah. So here we go. Greg Nettles led off the inning with a double. After Hooten retired the next two batters, he intentionally walked Melbourne to get to, to yeah to get to John right because there was no DH in the right. series. Lemon. Pinch hit for his starting pitcher in the fourth inning of a 1-1 game. Yeah. Tommy John did not like it. And the wheels come off, and I promise you there's more to this story that we will get to at the end of this episode. So so let me let me you know, let me right. let me go through this one more time. In the bottom of the fourth, the Yankee manager, Bob Lemon, you know, yeah. Greg Nettles would lead off with a double. Yeah. Bert Hooten would retire the next two batters. He then walked Melbourne to face Tommy John. And then Bob Lemon pinch hit yeah. for his starting – the manager pinch hit yeah. for the starting pitcher in the fourth inning of a tied 1-1 right. game and a potential series-winning game six. Yes. Pinch hitter Bobby Mercer flied out to the end, the inning. In his 1991 autobiography – Tommy John revealed that before the game, Lemon and team owner Steinbrenner settled on the following strategy. Get a lead early and protect it with the bullpen. Despite New York's bullpen kind of shitting the bed all series. ABC cameras during this broadcast 
they showed Tommy John paced the Yankees dugout. Uh, yeah, he was pissed. Vocal disbelief, yeah. extremely pissed yeah, yeah, at what pissed. was going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, clips on YouTube if you yeah. want to check it out. Man, Tommy John, he's he was a gamer, but he wasn't naturally that way. You know what? We've seen we have we haven't done an episode in a while where we've shared a clip of something. I actually wonder if Al Michaels, because I think Michaels called this World Series. Yeah. I want to see if there's a clip of this. Well, I mean, I know there's a clip of it somewhere. I'll see if I can find it. And just just to play it, just to kind of right. put it in perspective here. Uh, no, I'm just seeing. I know I thought I seen. Well, it's funny. I mean, he makes this decision right. again. Here we go. Go ahead. We're, and the wheels fall off again. It, I mean, it, it, you know. The Yankees were not doing Yankee things here. So let me take a drink here. And it started from the top. Yeah, and and, and I have more about that. So uh, shout out to Major League Baseball, ABC Sports, anybody who owns this content. We do not own it. This is strictly for educational purposes. Well, here you see they're going to intentionally walk Milbourne. Of course, Milbourne drove in the winning run. Last Wednesday night on a knuckleball out over the plate, knuckle curveball up and hit it, poked it down left field line for eventually what turned but out. But audio comes through pretty clear, don't you? So go ahead and feel free to add your own commentary like you usually do. TJ took off his uh, batting helmet. Lemon is no, asking Keith Tommy Jackson. John how he feels. How, Lemon Cosell, is not disposed to Al Michael. Is also sensitive to earlier criticism that he's gone too long with his pitch. And there you saw Tommy wave. I think he's in a one-one game in the fourth inning. I stick with Tommy John. He's not acting like it right now, right? But he's upset. He's pissed. Look at him shaking his head. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't agree with it. And the fans, the fans are even. The Yankee fans are, are, are booing yeah. in Yankee Stadium, the that Yankees organization. Howard Cosell. This is Howard Cosell. That's pretty good success. An ornery owner. Sized in the three prior games, so Lem is much more quickly reactive tonight. He now awaits a new second guess. But in point of fact, Jim Palmer has said that to him, John has not been in a good groove all evening, and he has given up six hits. There's Tommy John. Yeah. Only one He's run, pissed. but six hits. Oh, yeah. He's extremely pissed. He did a good job of keeping his composure. It's the third inning. It's 1-1. Yeah. A veteran manager. 
managers to stick with veteran pitchers. I know in, in our ball club in Baltimore, Earl he's pitching pretty good. Yeah. Much rather stay with a veteran pitcher that's been there before than to go to a rookie such but as George Fraser. They go to a rookie. But again, you can second guess anything. And if Bobby Merger gets a clutch hit, and Fraser pitches like he did in So the, now Lemon's not pinch hitting. Now it's Bobby Mercer. Right? Yeah, he's pinch hitting. He is pinch hitting. Yeah, he is. Mercer the hitter. Yeah. For Tommy John. Mercer's in there now. Yep. This is Mercer. <laughs> this is Mercer. Mrs. Mercer. Bobby is up there. A great pinch hitter, too. These are moments that change the outcomes of things, yes. you know? It's right. Good fastball. All right, we don't need any more of it. Yeah, Thoughts? Thoughts? Uh, I don't think it was the right move. From a, I don't know, 1-1 one, one game, fourth inning. I mean, both pitchers are pitching pretty well. And why Mercer? And, I, don't, I, yeah, don't, I didn't mean to say... I, did, I didn't mean to say a minute ago. I know what I said. It sounds yeah. stupid. I didn't mean that Lemon himself was going to, right. to pinch hit. But what I should have – why Mercer? I don't know. You had Oscar Gamble on the bench. If, I don't know. Let's uh, – Yeah, let's take a look here. I want to look at some of these. Uh, I think the Yankees are the one on top. I think Lou Pinella was on the bench. He could have batted Lou Pinella. Um, but Lou Pinella was a right-hand hitter. If you go right back – to towards the back where there's a World Series stats, playoff series stats, Dodgers playoff series stats, batting Yankees. Uh, Mercer was not even in there. Now in the regular season, in the regular season, Mercer was batting 265. He had six home runs, drove in 24 RBIs. In the playoffs, though. Yeah, nothing. 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 Yeah. Whereas Lou Pinella. He had Jerry Mumphrey, a left-handed batter that could have come off the bench. Uh, you know, Lou, I, I mean. He had Lou Pinella, but he's right-handed against righty. He had Oscar Gamble, who could have come off the bench, left-handed power hitter. I just I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand well, Steinbrenner getting this involved in that. You're I get it, you're the president of the organization, but you're the fucking owner. Right. Leave the team management. This is some Jerry Jones Dallas Cowboys yeah, shit. Exactly. You that's what you're paying a manager for. Um, but you know, even if you're still gonna make that call, then fine. But why Mercer? Yeah, righty lefty would be the only thing I'd think of. But like, that, say they, I mean, they, is that like what you're going to bank on? They had Oscar Gamble also it was available to hit left hand. Okay, had, I I get going righty lefty. Jerry Mumphrey was able uh, was able to hit. I get going righty lefty, but that still sounds like a pretty know, stupid fucking reason. I know to who me. I like, bring in? Who? Lou Pinella. That would have been that would have been what I would have done. Did you look at Lou Pinella's stats for the postseason? Yeah. Now you gotta you gotta take this with a grain of salt because um, this is uh, four thirty eight in the playoffs so far this year. Yeah, I mean that year. Yeah, I mean you, got, you numbers don't lie there, folks. I mean, no, 
Bobby Mercer is not even hitting. He's batting zero, zero, zero. And he was only batting two sixty five in the regular season. As to where Lou. Lou Pinella in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, I'll go with experience there, Lou Pinella, all the way. I just. Yeah, yeah. it don't make sense. Everybody in it, everybody was kind of on Bob Lemon about their decisions. And, well, ultimately. So, we get out of that fucking fiasco. Right. In the fifth inning, George Frazier. Rookie. Who relieved Tommy John. Right, rookie. Right. Ed. Would give up an RBI single to Ron. Say. Say. Right. Heads up, I mean, and heads yeah. off to Ron Safers. And this guy was wildly too hard, too. So, And then would come a two-run triple, triple, little, triple to Pedro Guerrero. Pedro Guerrero, yes. Okay. Frazier would take the loss and become the first pitcher to lose three games in a best-of-seven World Series and the second pitcher to lose three times in any World Series. Alongside Lefty Williams, you know the uh, who closed that for the Dodgers? How? Steve How? <laughs> yep, we're getting yeah. there. Should be. Uh, New York's bullpen continued to collapse in the sixth inning. Ron Davis was issuing walks to Hooten and Davy Lopes. Bill Russell singled to short left field, and Hooten unexpectedly round to third, headed home. Winfield stumbled on the wet grass, yeah. fell forward, and uncor. Yeah. It's it's a terrible throw. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm getting excited about using YouTube again. I wonder if we can find that throwing error. Oh, I'm sure you can, yeah. If I look hard enough. I mean he should have eat, eaten it. He should never threw it, but Well they did who did surprise him when he turned around third. I I don't know who was third base coach at the time. Ron oh there 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 should have been the coaches. Uh Manny Moda was the first base coach. I'm not sure who the third base. Joey Malfitano, maybe? Maybe. I know this should have been in there. Uh, I just, I'm just curious because it, it was a big error. Dave Winfield error game six. Oh, he's right in there, huh? I'm not finding it right now. Okay. Well, it was a big error. Yeah, it it, it was. It just I mean, was. I wanted to play the clip, but yeah, it was a big error. Got a lot of, you know, Dave, 1980 Dave Winfield charges the mound against Nolan Ryan. <laughs> Dave Winfield wasn't a small man. No, he he was he could not. Have played, he could have played lineman for the Bears or something. Probably could have. Yeah. Uh, we got some shit about Dave Winfield later on too. To okay. get to. Uh So, anyways, he he, you know, had an errant throw. Hooten would score standing, and then Lemon would pull Davis in favor of Rick. Gossage. No. No. Uh, Rick. How'd you say it? Rick Russell. Well, Rick Russell. 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 I always yeah. say Russell. I can never pronounce it. That's Close enough. Russell. On Russell's second pitch, Davy Lopes and Russell pulled a double steal, so Russell then would walk Garvey intentionally and gave up an RBI force out to pinch hitter Darrell Thomas. Dusty Baker would then reach on an error by Greg Nettles, yeah. loading the bases again, 
And then Pedro Guerrero. Cleared him. Yep. Single. Two runs. The Yankees would score in the bottom of the sixth on a pinch hit RBI single by Lou Pinella. So he's pinch hitting here yeah. in the sixth. Yeah. But this whole chain of events would have likely been different. If he would have left Tommy John in. That or if you're dead set on bringing in the pinch yeah, hitter. Lou Pinella. Bringing Lou Pinella in the fucking fourth. Someone with a little bit of. Yeah. Yeah. Guerrero had a had a hell of a night that night yeah, though. He, he would cap a five RBI night yeah. and the Dodgers World Series win by blasting a solo home run in the eight. Bert Hooten would pitch five and a half innings to get the win. Steve Howe replaced him and earned the save. So Winfield's throw typifies his struggle in his first World Series. Yeah, hit. he struggled hardcore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you wanna know how he was yeah, struggling? Yeah. At the plate, yeah. Dave Winfield. And I want you to think about this because because Dave Win Dave Winfield had joined the Yankees from the Padres a season or two yeah, before. Yeah, um, came up with San Diego. Yeah, that? yeah. So uh, and and it's down here later in my notes because because he played part of this. Dave Winfield signed a big contract, yes. and when I say big, you know the contracts even even then in the nineties that he signed yeah, a ridiculous big, big contract a ridiculous contract. So they were definitely putting their eggs in this basket. And he did not deliver in the World Series at all. He went one for 22 yeah, yeah, with man. only one RBI. He batted 045 for the playoffs in all the games. Dave Winfield, Dave Winfield. And Dave. mind you, in the regular season, he batted 388. Oh, yeah, that's right here. 13 homers, drove in 68 runs. No, he, yeah, he batted, batted 294. He had he had 388 at bats. Okay, yeah, he, he he still batted almost 300. Right, right. And then uh, 045. Yeah, yeah, he had one hit. And 22 at bats. And 22 at bats. <laughs> that's uh that's a slump. Four strikeouts. Wrong time for the bat. And, and 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 I say this because this this was a massive at the time, massive free agent signing. Like the Yankees were clearly putting their eggs in this basket. Yes. Um, he replaced Lou Pinella in the outfield. Matter of fact. So as we start to unpack this here. Uh, after the series, Steinbrenner issued a public apology to the city of New York for his team's performance, while at the same time assuring fans that plans to put the team together for 82 would begin immediately. The Yankee owner was criticized by the players and the press alike for doing so, as many people felt losing a World Series was not something for which a team needed to apologize. For the first time ever, there were co-MVPs in a World Series. Ray Sy. Batting 350, 7 for 20, home runs, 6 RBIs. Jaeger, 286 average, 4 for 14, 2 home runs. And Pedro Guerrero, who I think should have had the. What route right MVP, yeah. Thir- uh, batting 333, 7 for 21, 2 home runs, 7 RBIs. Yeah, he should have had it hand down by yeah. himself. So, so, for game six, the box score here read like this uh, Los Angeles committed one error. They scored 13 hits 
or scored nine runs off 13 hits. New York committed two errors, two uh, big two fucking big errors. errors. Yeah. Batted or uh, hit seven, had seven hits for two runs. Okay. And let's don't forget the uh, job Bird Hooten did. I mean, yeah. it's at the end of his career, I think, at the time. And went out there and pitched, what, six, seven winning baseball innings. The Dodgers were the first National League team in World Series history to lose the first two games, then sweep their opponent for the next four. And then, of course, you know, the 1981 World Series MVP we just talked about. Overall, the World Series statistics as a whole, um, nine errors committed by the Dodgers, but they scored 27 runs off 51 hits. Four errors, you know, by the Yankees, but they scored 22 runs off 46 hits. Now, going back to what I was talking about with Brenner, uh, Steinbrenner, let me take a drink here. Uh, actually, I wonder if we can find Vin Scully's call. I don't know. Uh, Vin Scully? I don't know. If he would. Well, I mean, he would have been doing yeah, the radio yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if we can just find anything, just because I always like doing that. Just out of curiosity before I get to this stuff about Steinbrenner. Dead air. Billy. Who's coach for the Yankees? Billy. No, Bob Lemon. Bob Lemon. Yeah. You fucked thinking. me up for a minute. You said Bill. <laughs> what? I was trying to think of the, uh, Billy Martin would have been their coach in 77, 78. So I got I – got- Two clips I want to play real quick, real quick here. Again, shout out to Major League Baseball, to ABC Sports, and to any and all copyright owners. So the first one here is the winning call for the Dodgers winning the World Series. Did you see this in real time? Uh, yeah. Or no, I was definitely in real time. Okay. State Farm. Jake from State Farm. Here we go. Continues to throw in the Los Angeles bullpen. Watson hits it high in the air. For the center fielder, Ken Landro, this should do it. The Dodgers are the 1981 champions of baseball. Steve Garvey's bouncing up and down. He's a sword. <laughs> there is not the usual noise making. It became apparent midway in the game, almost with the departure of Tommy John, that the Dodgers would take command. The sword is hauling ass. Hey. Jim, you and me jointly to congratulate them on their acquisition of the World Series championship. Lasorda, kiss, well, kissing Peter O'Malley too, for that matter. This but is Mrs. Howard Cosell and everybody else. Right. For the first time in history, <laughs> we have a three-way dive for the MVP. Guerrero, say. Pedro Guerrero should have won, won that outright. Outright. Um, it's it's you know, I'm not saying that Ron Say or Jaeger didn't play, didn't contribute, and right. they weren't a valuable part. But Pedro had the big hits. Pedro Guerrero should have. Yeah, it just it just pisses me off, dude. <laughs> like, uh, uh, who come up with that? You know. Yeah, like what the fuck is that? Like seriously. Um. It's like having four state champions. 
Class basketball. Here we go. Now you're. Uh, okay, so. I'm picking up music. Oh, it's Kyle's phone. I was like, what the hell? I'm picking up music. Okay, so the rumor mill churns. Uh, prior to game six, Steinbrenner had wounds on his head and his hands, claiming he'd gotten into a fight with a pair of Dodgers fans <laughs> at his hotel room in L.A. a couple days before game six. Um, that's, you know, the rumor mill. Uh. Then he supposedly called Bob Lemon in the dugout during game six to demand a pinch hit for starter Tommy John in the fourth inning of, again, a tied 1-1 game. So, you know, Bob Lemon does what he's supposed to do. The bullpen just, right. you know, fucking loses its shit. And Steinbrenner me. would issue an apology to the city. The funny part about this, though, is that he would never make public mention that he had something to do with it. I didn't know about the get beat up. Well, that's supposedly uh-huh. what happened. Uh, here's a little. How much, how much do we got left here? Look down. Oh yeah, we got a little bit down here. <laughs> um, a couple fun facts and stuff. So, after combining for 10 division titles and 8 World Series appearances between 74 and 81, the 81 World Series marked the end of an era for both teams as they were soon without key contributors, yeah, right? Yeah. The Yankees lost Reggie Jackson, who would leave in free agency. Greg Nettles would be traded in 84. Goose Gotchitz would leave in free agency in 84, only to play once more with them in 89. And Tommy John would be traded away in 86. Um or be traded away before return to 86, and he went. I'm not sure. He, he went west somewhere. He went to one of the California teams. Yeah. I don't remember where. Uh, Stein, uh, Bob Lemon lasted 14 games in the next season before he was being dismissed by Steinbrenner, which was funny because, you know, he replaced uh, Michael as skipper right. after they had already won the first half of the season. The Yankees would not reach the postseason again until 1995, which during that span they had nine different managers for the Yankees, such as Billy Martin, who would be rehired and and fired three different times between 83 to 88, which is funny, despite uh, Winfield and Mr. You Had Me at Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly, yeah. the Lone World Series appearance in the 80s meant it was the first decade in which the Yankees did not win a title since the 1910s and the first ever since the live ball era where it would not happen again until the 2010s. Key Dodger losses in this era included Reggie Smith. Yep. He would sign with the Giants. Davey Lopes would be traded in the offseason. Ron would be traded away in 82. Steve Garvey left for the Padres. Yep. And which they went to the World Series in eighty three. Eighty three. Well, he left. He he left for yeah. in eighty three. I think they made it World Series eighty four because Goose Gossage was on that team. Also. And and this marked the end of an eight and a half year Dodger infield. Yep. Of Garvey, Lopes, Russell, yep. say. and Say. Yep. Uh, so winds of change are coming. Stronger farm systems, Adam, valuable players in free agency and in trade. The Dodgers would win division titles in eighty three and eighty five. Yep. They missed out barely in yeah. 82. Yeah. 
their success would lead them to another world championship. 88. 88, year after I was born. Kirk Oral, Gibson. Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser. Okay. Uh, becoming, they would become the only team to win two World Series between 78 and 90 and the only team to win more than one World Series title during the 80s. Since their 88 World Series win, the Dodgers would not appear again until another World Series until 2017, which broke your heart. Astros, yeah. Verlander and Houston yeah. Street, man. I loved it. Uh, despite reaching the NLCS in 08, 09, 2013, and 2016. They would appear in the World Series in 2018 against the Boston Red Sox and lose. Then they would finally break the World Series championship drought, winning the shortened COVID World Series, which we still have on tap for a future episode one day. The Yankees, on the other hand, would appear in seven World Series afterwards, 96, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2003, and 2009. Derek Jeter years, huh? And in that span, they won all those except for 2001 and 2003. Pretty dominating Uh, team I had there. I hated it. (laughs) Yankees pitcher George Fraser, which uh, we talked about earlier, tied the record for, you know, losses. Yeah. Uh, ABC Sports covered this World Series on television. It's third under the then-present contract that they had at the time of alternating coverage between there and NBC Sports. Keith Jackson and Al Michaels shared play-by-play duties yeah. while Mike, with Michaels replacing Jackson when he decided to defer to his primary role as ABC's lead college football yeah. announcer. Color commentary was handled by Howard Cosell, Cosell. and Baltimore Orioles pitcher, another Jim, guy you named, uh, Jim Palmer. Jim Palmer. Uh, the World Series. This World Series was the last to be called by Keith Jackson in the booth. Michaels would become ABC's lead baseball play-by-play announcer and the exclusive World Series announcer. Uh, on the radio, CBS Radio carried the game with Vince Scully and Detroit manager Sparky Anderson uh, providing. Was, I bet that was good. Comment. Sparky Anderson and Vince yeah, Scully. Now tell good. me that wouldn't have been. Yeah. That'd have been good. I love commentary. Sparky. Yeah, me too. Okay, so this this I put in um, as we're starting to tidy up some loose ends here. I put this in here because um, I got I got a kick out of this. After the series, John Stone, Jaeger, Russ, Royce, Royce, and Rick Monday of the Dodgers recorded a cover version of Queens. We are the champions. Yeah. They did that. Do you know this? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Yeah. They were under the name the Big Blue Wrecking Crew. <laughs> they performed the song on an episode of some show I've never heard of in my life called Solid Gold. Uh, just thought it was funny. <laughs> um, and then uh, <clears throat> I, I kind of put this at the bottom here. Uh, I should have put it in earlier. So we we went through the 1981 season as a whole, right? But the winds of change started because in December of 1980, December 15th was when Dave Winfield had signed that big contract okay. with the Yankees, right? And you know we've talked about this here. We've talked about this at work before. They were Yankees were high on Winfield. Yes. Yes. You know, here, here right. you got him and Reggie Jackson together. Yeah. yeah. You know, pre well, yeah, pre yeah. Don Mattingly. Yeah. Well, and that's a pretty good outfield right there. Pinella. Yeah. Well, yeah. With with them. 
Oh, and and fun fact too. Around this time, John Elway. Yeah. Nineteen eighty four NFL draft or eighty three draft, the Hall of Fame class. Yeah. Elway was drafted in eighty one by the Yankees in the second round. Yes, he could have played. Oh, he was a two sport guy. Yes. Okay. So a lot of them through the years, I guess. Danny Ainge, man, two sport guy. All right, let's uh. Let's do this. So we're going to shout out our girl real fast because yeah. I'm getting excited to tie up these loose ends here. So, uh, Kurt's fat. I'm fat. We both stink. <laughs> so to eliminate stink, we like candles. <laughs> and uh, our girl, Nana, I haven't talked to her in a while, but she still likes every post we put up about the podcast because I tag her in it. But uh, check out Nana's Aromas LLC in Palmyra, Indiana. Uh, beautiful Harrison County. Oh, nice yeah. nice little drive up there. Yeah. Give her a call to schedule an appointment for her store or shop online. She ships to all over the U.S. Uh, her phone number is 812-972-3670. Nana's Aromas LLC or nanasaromas.com. Uh, every candle's made custom, you know, head to toe, start to finish by her. She even does her own labeling. And she does more than just candles. There's air fresheners, there's melts, the works, and uh, every batch she makes is made in small quantities so she can better quality control it. And as we talked about just earlier on the show tonight, uh, she sent us a blueberry cheesecake candle free last year. Yeah, it's a wonder we didn't eat it. And it's a wonder we didn't eat it because it literally smelled like blueberry cheesecake. And yeah. Kirk got excited, and I'm fat, and <laughs> I got excited too. <laughs> But yeah, check out our girl Nana. She is a sweetheart. Yeah. She does take COVID seriously, so obviously call her before you try to come to the store if you're local. If you're not, she'll ship anywhere. Yeah. You know, hint, hint to your family out in Ohio. She, she, you're right, right? She right, makes right, good candles. Right, yeah. Check her out, guys. Yep. Oh, I didn't think about that. They'll be uh, yep. happy to hear this. I met him finally. Yeah, you met him, yes. The night we recorded part three that never made it to air. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't message you and be like, well, that was a letdown. <laughs> it was. That was. I haven't heard from him Dude, since. so full disclosure. So we get it in the can, and I'm like, fuck it. We're finally done with this. Yes. You guys go out and shoot hoops. I'm in here on the laptop sitting here at your table. Hotspot my phone to the laptop so I got internet access. Been there mixing it down, and I was just blowing through, you know, running over here on the scroll pad. And I hit a couple of clicks, and after the second click, I'm like, no! Because I knew what I did. Uh-oh. Well. <clears throat> Hands got ahead of the brain, and it was sitting there deleted. And that's why when you came back in, I was just like, you're like, what's up? And I'm like, nothing. Because I didn't want to tell you. Well. And then it got to be a week, and you're <laughs> was like, hey, where's that episode we yeah. did? It's gone. That's all right. And then I was like, Kurt, we got to record this. And you're like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're like you it, just it, it you was just a, put it to bed, and do it, it yourself. It, it was a tough, it was a tough, that was a tough episode there. We, we live and learn, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, fuck that, you know. Okay, so this this I get super excited about this. We got a couple more things here, like three more things, and then word association. So my favorite thing about World Series episodes, since we started doing this, Kurt and I have realized, Jesus, about took the mic out. <laughs> We've realized that uh, after almost 40-something episodes that our baseball episodes are our, our bread and butter. Our man. bread and butter, our most 
well received. Specifically, we've only done two baseball episodes that haven't been World Series, right. but it's the World Series recaps right. that do the best. So that's why we try to there for a while we were trying to do one at least every six yeah. weeks or yeah. so. But my favorite thing was, you know, and I mentioned this earlier in the episode, at the end of twenty twenty, the COVID era, because, you know, pandemics and shit. Right. ESPN's uh Andrew Miller or Sean Miller, I can't remember his name. I forgot to put his name in here this time. But it's one of the Miller boys that works for ESPN.com. He ranked all 116 at the time, soon to be 118 this fall, right. World Series of all time. To see where they rank. I need a cigarette and a drink. Interesting. I wonder where this one landed. So I didn't tell you this one because yeah, I wanted to surprise yeah, you yeah, this. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read the criteria, and then after that, I want you to give me your opinion on okay. where you think it ranked. Okay. And you tell me, you know, the ranking, is it good, high, low? Right. Okay. So, because this is one of my favorite parts about these World Series episodes, they rank everything based on four categories, four factors. Game leverage index, which measures how close the game is on each play and how likely the next play is to shift each right. team's chances of winning. <clears throat> A game that's close for nine innings and won by a walk-off in the 10th will rate much higher than one where a team jumps ahead early and runs away right. with it. It's also ranked by Championship Leverage Index. It's like game leverage, except it, it includes how close the series is itself. Obviously, by that case, a seven-game series will rate much better right. than a four-game sweep. It ra- Number three, by how memorable the series was. The 1988 World Series wasn't that close, but it produces instant recall yeah. for what? Oh, Kirk Gibson home Kirk run. Kirk Gibson home run. And then number four, finally, um, how historically significant and how satisfying the history is. So, Well, based on number four, uh, it's got a lot of leverage here, I would think. Okay, so... You saying top 25, top 50, I'm top saying, 75? I'm saying you- top 20. Top 20. Okay. Uh, I know. I see that look in your face. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I can't believe this. So the series leverage index, they rated it 46th. Game leverage, they ranked it 50th. This episode, this World Series comes in. The 1985 Dodgers over Yankees in six comes in at 35th place, which... Blew my mind. I think that's a little uh, too low. Yeah, I do too. I'm thinking this one should this one belong more in the top 25. 25 yeah. Um, I got a I got a clip I'm gonna play here on YouTube in just a second. I've saved it. And all the article said about this, the paragraph it said, uh, in the year of Fernando Mania, the great rookie Fernando Valenzuela faced the Yankees great rookie Spaghetti Rigetti in game three. Rigetti didn't last long. But Fernando did. No matter how many batters he walked, seven, eventually, or pitches he threw in the end, 147, yeah. 147, 148, he stayed on the mound to protect the one-run lead. In the eighth, he put the first two men on base, but Tommy Lasorda had enough faith to leave him in. The pitcher got a double play and a ground out to escape. In the bottom of the eighth, with a runner on and nobody out, he batted, grounding into a fielder's choice. In the ninth... With the Yankees' two, three, four hitters all batting right-handed due up, the rookie held the mound and did it. Days later, he would turn 21 years old. Huh. So, 
I, uh, it's kind of, I think it's kind of low, that rating. But I think it's kind of low? Yeah. So. I guess they're the experts, so. Apparently they are. So here's the clip. Again, shout out Major League Baseball, ABC Sports. We don't own any of this content. Here's the call after his game three win. Oh, we got another ad from uh, State Farm. <laughs> I hate ads on YouTube. Hey, it's Patrick Mahomey. All right, here we go. Shout out Major League Baseball. Fernando, it's loud. Fernando Mania. Listen to that crowd at Dodger Field. Look at the poison of Moxie yeah. him too on the mound. Didn't even Yeah, I got a phase. And Lasorda runs out to Molly. Look at that. There's Mike Sosha. Mike Sosha. That roar is deafening. Yeah, dude. There's Darrell Thomas. Lasorda. Sosha. Big game. Big game. Yeah, kind of turn that series around. All right, so you want to start putting a bow on things? Yeah. We might have to do a uh, our open yet. Yeah. You're ready for a game of 2K, too, while I get shit ready. Oh, yeah. So let's play word association. So I'm giving it to you easy tonight. Oh. <laughs> Time out, bro. <laughs> Kyle, you didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, here what? I got my invisible headphones in. I told your dad I was giving it to him easy tonight. Didn't realize how that sounded. Well. Okay, so I've only got 10. Okay. And it's been a while since we've done this, so I'm glad to do it again. First thing comes to mind. Okay. Number one, Steve Garvey hitting 417. Clutch. Clutch? Yeah. Ron Say hitting 350. Pretty big also. Holy shit. Reggie Jackson missing three games for New York. Uh, Play a part? Yeah. Think so? Yeah. Oh, he definitely. Well, I lied. I got a few more, actually. Okay. Lou Pinella hitting 438. That's impressive. Pinch hitting for Tommy John. Uh, not so impressive. Going with Mercer over Pinella for the pinch hit. What are you thinking? Me? My opinion? What? I'm on the, yeah bad bad yeah. bad the pitching for los angeles not stellar but was, i mean it got the job done pitching for new york terrible sunk him and buried him hot take yeah biggest standout for the yankees in this world series biggest standout yeah uh, i'd say one. i'd say dave winfield batting Oh, for whatever. Yeah, one for 22. Yeah. Biggest standout or surprise for L.A.? Steve Yeager. I mean, there were two clutch home runs. Three World Series MVPs. No way. No way. One. Pedro, Pedro Guerrero getting robbed. Yeah, of de- yeah, definitely. Okay. Fernando Mania. Awesome, man. 1981 World Series. 
Uh, well, I'm a homer, but yay. I, I remember I was pretty excited when I was. I was pretty excited that night they clinched it. This is. I've been waiting for this. I don't think I went to school the next day, matter of fact. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Kurt? Yes. I've been waiting to do this. Breaking out the old. Yeah, I've been waiting to do this. First of all, I would like to thank all of our sources for this episode. Yeah, right on. That's something I haven't got to say in a long time. Uh, Bleacher Report, LA Times, Dodgers.com, Yankees.com, ESPN, MLB Network, MLB.com, Baseball Reference, Baseball Almanac, New York Times, New York Post, Pinstripe Alley, Fox Sports, New York, uh, I just said New York Post, my NBC Sports, Barstool Sports, YouTube, Sports Illustrated, ABC Sports. ABC Sports. <clears throat> YouTube, Wikipedia. Yeah. So, this I'm so excited. This list. Look at the dust on here. <laughs> we haven't used this some bitch in a while. So now we're back on track. And here, here's the deal. Uh, you want to record next Saturday? Yeah. We'll do one next weekend. Yeah. I got free time now with this new job. I can yeah. bust out notes. Okay. So, the 81 World Series wasn't even on here. Cause we we you know we call audibles right, every now right. and then. So here's what we're do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a list and uh, let you pick, or I'm gonna do a list and you can narrow it down. All right, we'll narrow it down. <clears throat> it's gonna end with me picking again. Yep. Okay, so here's our choices. Um, I'm looking. It just you. Yeah, we're just going to have to have dead air for a minute because it's been so long since I looked at this son of a bitch. i got to remember what's on here. Uh, a lot of good content. There, there is. There is. And uh, let me uh, let me close this. Boy, you can hear that moving, can't you? Yes. Let me move this. I'm going to make a list. Option number one. 07 Patriots. Boo. They had a record year that year. Yeah, they did. 07 Patriots. Um, hey, here was, here's a bunch of top tens. No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not volunteering myself. I told Kurt earlier tonight, I'll sit in the chair. I said, I'm not doing any top 10 lists for at least the next few months. Yeah, was that one just was too hard to it's do. pretty hard. That was pretty hard to do. We would have been better off picking 10 quarterbacks instead yeah. of 10 point guards. Yeah. That was that was ridiculous. So that will – yeah. Okay. So, 07 Patriots. Oh seven Patriots. I don't know. This one be a little tough to format, probably. But uh, a Brett Favre retrospective. Yeah. That one would be a little lengthy, I'm sure. Uh. What else we got, Kurt? What else we got? There's all kinds of stuff. I there. know, and and there's stuff on the list we think of all the time. We don't even do the list sometimes. These are just a bunch of. Uh, ones we haven't done and you know because we pull audibles all the time yes here in slippers and scoreboards <laughs> slippers 
and scoreboards. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll take that. Well, it was just uh, just a funny joke. <clears throat> I thought of. Uh, uh-huh. and, he's, he's, and, and Adam loved it. Huh? Yes, yes, he did. What a dick! <laughs> Shout out Adam Sweet. What a dick. Well, we we come up with some more, some more things, but I don't, I don't know. Should I give? Oh yeah, go ahead, hit me with it. Well, you I already cut me. I hope you're going to count better. They can't account material. Oh, <laughs> did he say I, that? No, I, I come up with that one too. I'll just fuck with you though. He liked that one too. Wow, you guys are cutting me deep. Zing, there. zing. That is a zing. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was supposed to get you originally on the uh, on our week weekday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I kind of slipped. You kind of forgot about yeah, it. I slipped my mind, which is not hard to do. Mind slippage. Mind slippage. Yeah. I'm just drawing a blank, man. Over 50, it happens quite regularly. A drawing a blank? Yeah. It's just, there's so many good ones. I'm just, I'm looking and looking and looking. and. Well, right now, I will say that both of them you got, I mean, they make a good show and everything, but bleh. I'm not a Brett Favre fan. And I hate the Patriots. <laughs> okay. But no, it'd be, it'd be a good okay. show. No, hey, that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, Brett Favre was good. I need to start adding more to this list again. Two, honestly. Uh, here, Kurt. Damn, this is three football episodes in a row. Super Bowl forty-three. Who won Super Bowl forty-three? Shit, I don't know. Pittsburgh. Yep, Cars versus Cars Steelers. Steelers. No, you know we've done a Steelers episode already. Yeah. Uh. They're America's team, man. No. Oh, yeah. No. They have the best following of anybody. No. Who's America's team? Don't say the Cowboys. America's team? Yeah. It's the Cowboys. No. I'm not even a Cowgirls fan. No. The Cowboys That's are why there's not a roof America's there so team. God can watch his favorite team play football. <laughs> wow. You think he'd be lending a hand and help them win another Super Bowl, but. Uh, Ranking the top ten World Series Don't of all time. Do it. <laughs> I didn't even need the laugh track. I did it myself. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. What you got? Well, out of what you got so far, you're picking Cards and Steelers. Yeah, yeah I'm that's three football episodes. I'm a homer. I can't help that. 1995 NBA Finals. Don't even remember 1995. So, 95 Bulls. would have been, no. Would it have been Bulls? Bulls were on a run there in the 90s. It was it was uh, Rockets and, uh, why am I drawing a blank? I don't know. I just picked a random one then. Or... We can do a Steel Toes episode, and I've already got an episode in mind. All right. So, if we done Ruby Ridge, then we'd do Waco. I'd be down to do some Waco. That's my yeah. pick, yeah. You want to do Waco? Yeah. 
because I care. I, I covered Ruby Ridge. Right. And fuck it. Why not do a, another steel? We'll yeah. just uh, talk about Waco. I mean, uh, How, you remember Waco? Yeah. Yeah, some, yeah. David Koresh, Koresh yeah. the Branch Davidians. Yep. Yeah. Government overreach. Yep. 50 something fucking people died. Yep. Crazy. Well, if you remember, my idea for this was originally it was a fucking timeline. Because you had Ruby Ridge in 92, Waco was in 93, and Oklahoma City was in 95. And these were all linked together. They didn't know it at the time, but these were all linked together because Timothy McVeigh, the guy responsible for Oklahoma City, he was, uh, I don't remember if he was dishonorably discharged or if he was honorably discharged. But here's this young gun loving extreme apparently his apparently from what we what I've heard and I mean I'll find out more through my research, but just from what I've you know read off and on growing up, I think he was okay. Then he got in the military and his whole point of view of the world got completely fucked. And then he seen what happened at Ruby Ridge or on the news. He went to Waco. He was in Waco when all this shit was really? going on. Did seeing firsthand <clears throat> And it just, it, it apparently warped him to be like, this government trained me to be a killer and protect from all enemies, foreign, domestic, da 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 da, da. Well, now the enemy has become domestic. The right, enemy has right. become the government that trained me to kill. Right. And, uh, Plot twist. You know, but it, it really ignited with Waco. Yeah. Let's do Waco. Let's do Waco. Let's do a Steel Tells episode. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So... We're finally back on. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Fuck you to the point guard episode. <laughs> no more top ten. So. Not for a while. Not for a while. That it's, is. It's got to be something. That's been the roughest one so far. The Steelers episode. The, the sport moments wasn't that bad. No. I just hate that episode because of the technical. technical we had technical right, problems right, with the recorder. Right. Uh, the top ten Steelers list was fire. Yeah. That one was good, yeah. even though you pissed off. <laughs> Pissed off a bunch of Steelers. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, no, you, Franco, you know, he had, he had butterfingers. Franco yeah. had butterfingers, but I mean, the Steelers wall over there. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be an easier top ten list. Yeah, yeah, that one just should have never happened. Point guards, <laughs> live and learn. Yeah, live and learn. Live and yeah. learn. Yeah. Uh, Gail Goodrich, Norm Nixon. <laughs> Dole was fucking pissed. <laughs> He's still pissed. Sid Moncrief, he, he was, was pissed. pissed. All right, so, well, 1981 World Series. Yep, go Dodgers. Revisit your childhood a little bit? A little bit, yep. Fernando Mania. And it was, too, for real. Well, all right, brother. Yep. Well, uh, anything, got anything to add? No, let's do our opening. You want to do an opening? Yep. You're an old man. You're going to need to take a time out for a minute, though, ain't you? Oh, yeah. I got to pick us a theme song. Yep. All right, guys. So for uh, Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. We're back in the saddle again. And we will see you guys a week from tonight when we uh, talk a little Waco. Waco. Peace out. Peace out.